This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on it so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. Hello and welcome to And That's Why We Drink, the podcast about true crime and also comedy and also spooky ghosts. Is this a, Hi, thing, you're, is this a thing you're doing now? Yes, and you never go along with it. And you Instead, you just interrupt me and ask what I'm, what's going on. And I wish you would just improv with okay, me okay. and yes and and say, okay, let's play along. Okay, try again. Try again. Try again. I'm ready. <sighs> okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to And That's Why We Drink, your top spot for true crime, ghosts, the paranormal, the spooky, and sometimes lemons. I'm Christine. That's me. I am your favorite co-host, M. Schultz. Did you just say that's me after I said I'm Christine? Yeah, I I, I was trying to jump in and upstage you. Did you not hear me well, even? Did you not hear you me say the, the favorite the favorite part that I'm everyone's favorite co-host? Yeah, but I said I'm Christina. You said, "Yep, that's me." Oh, hang on a second. Wait, hang on. And here I am. I can't do this. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I know that that much. I can tell you. you. You're not. You're not. Um, I you're need not a, playing along. You're just trying to override me. I need a, a musical entrance. So maybe no, next time, you. do a little humming. We'll see where it takes us. You want me to sing for once. Is that what you're saying? You'd like for me to start singing? Preferably German, uh, in rhyme. Well, and... I can only sing, as you know, in Flemish. <laughs> That's true. Okay, I want that song. Uh, okay. Anyway, hi. Welcome welcome to the podcast of Christine. Wonderfully introduced twice, and I butchered Thank you. a million times. Uh, Actually, it's been about 30 times, oh, um, and you've butchered about 31. But That checks out. Okay, great. Well, welcome. We are here. Um, it's fitting that I'm... I'm feeling cranky today because I am pretty mad at you. Why? Because you refuse to honor the holiday. Oh my god! Of our Get podcast that over has yourself. It's, you know what? Um, I try to bring joy into this show. Okay, hang on. <laughs> you try what? Hang on a second. With who? Okay. Here's the thing. Lemon had a birthday. It came and went without so much as a flutter from M's stupid little mouth. And nothing happened. And nobody celebrated. There were no parades. There were no floats. <laughs> there were no gidgets and gizmos and gadgets. And who's it? And who's it? Who's it? Who and M just sat around, blabbing around. And poor Lemon trapped in M's 
freaking closet had to wither away, celebrate another birthday in the dark and dust. Do you want it to be worse? Because he's actually alone in the end. That's why we drink apartment. Why are you doing this? to me which maybe he threw like a real kegger like he knew he couldn't get away with that at my place that wasn't kind of slime. he and robert the doll who both live together now they're roommates question what is like the the lemon to to human year like what number did he really turn well jess who makes our newsletter uh so wonderfully put in the newsletter happy third birthday lemon you don't look a day over 87 so i think that might be the equation i i guess somewhere in the 80s is where he lies now good that means he's aging real quick wait Um, was it 2018 no it was 2019 it was 2019 so he's two so he's two so he's like roughly like 58 or something you know i don't know he's 87 that's what jess said well look don't look a day over 87 well i look Congratulations to Lemon. I do feel bad because I, I didn't. I really didn't know that the day truly passed, and I didn't know. Otherwise, I even though it's on everybody's hoodies from our tour, I'm not looking at everyone's hoodies. I'm inside. But had you I own that hoodie, you wear it. Had I had I remembered, I would have done something over the top. So I do feel so bad. So that's even worse. It wasn't even intentional. I'm just fucking forgot. Here, I pr- okay. I promise you. Give me your little pinky. No, you want this. I... You want this. Okay, what? I promise that there's going to be a random that you don't know about Lemon Appreciation Day. And I will be only nice. And I will be as extraordinary as I should have been on the first day. Extraordinary. Okay, fine. Okay. Thank you, promise. So I took matters into Mm -hmm. my own hands. And I went and took our, and that's why we drew credit card that (laughs) I share. And I spent a lot of money. And I (laughs) spent a lot of money without asking. And I texted Eva, or Eva and I were on the phone. Or I forget, we were talking and Eva asked something about the the cards that we send out to patrons. And I said, oh, it's been a long... Was Eva fucking in on this? Yeah. Well, she knew about it. She had okay. no she had no way of stopping me. So don't blame her. That uh, she I was can... Like, that I know. Uh, she was like, maybe we could send out another one soon. And I was like, how about right now? Because it's <laughs> Lemon's birthday. I was like, Eva, when's Lemon's birthday? She's like, in two days. And I was like, okay, well, I'm mailing it out tonight. So within... I, I literally threw everything aside I was working on and spent like two or three hours creating a beautiful card. And then I sent it out to the thousands of our patrons a birthday card to celebrate this holiday the national holiday that is lemon's birthday and on the card it says m doesn't know about this so that nobody can blame poor m or poor eva for my and then and then i wake up one day to a tagged instagram post (laughs) many tagged instagram posts by the way where everyone's like i got my card and i went what happened I spent all that money. I didn't even tell him. <laughs> I still feel bad about it. I don't it, care. You know what? That's that was uh, that was my retribution, and I think Lemon was happy. And Em, have you have yours? Has yours arrived yet? Your postcard? No, mine always arrives super late. Okay, okay. So it's I'm coming. probably gonna don't worry. get. I know the second I uh, the second I saw that that card existed, I was like motherfucker. I was like, now I have to hate my mail man for the next few days. The best part is that uh, a lot of people have like a UPS service where it it sends them a photo of their mail before they go pick it up, and they were like, why is there what looks like a photo of a lemon in a glass ca- mirrored case? That is comedy. In my mailbox. Comedy gold. <laughs> I gotta say, that's Hoboken style, baby. <laughs> 
finally I made the cut. I I am happy that Lemon had someone remember their birthday. I know you wouldn't forget, <laughs> but even my mortal enemy should have someone remember their birthday. So yeah, that's that's at least one rule we live by. So Em, I, before I forget, I know that I was mad at you. That's why I drink, by the way. I just wanted to, oh. to preface. That's why I drink. Okay. But I want you to, I sent you a present. For Lemon's birthday, in honor of Lemon's birthday. Are you fucking kidding me? Okay, so I knew about the <laughs> gift. I don't know when I got so much time on my hands all of a sudden. Like, I don't know. Or money. Or what money. the hell? No, that, part, that part's all on credit. That part was, don't worry. That part was easy. That was expensed. That was uh, on credit. Our credit. <laughs> okay, I was excited about that. So Christine texted me and said, by the way, a package is coming your way. Don't open it until the show. <laughs> so I haven't opened it. And I did say to you the other day or yesterday, I was like, please, God, if it has anything to do with lemon, I'm going to be so it doesn't. And now I'm hearing. It doesn't. I don't believe it doesn't. you. Let's, because we're all going to find out together. Thing. I sent you that and then I forgot. And then yesterday you said that pa- your package arrived. And I said, what package? And you were like, I think you mailed me something. And I was like, oh, yeah. So it, it is. It, <laughs> you got too sidetracked it, by other things like lemon's I birthday. I did. It happened to coincide with lemon's holiday. But this is a gift because I feel like you've been suffering over there. Um, and I needed you Suffering. to have, uh, yeah, because you're not here. Some comfort. You're not here to right, torture exa- me. Well, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Since we're not recording together, and I can tell it's paining you, you and your soul. So I thought maybe you should open. this. Uh, thank you. I, I, before I open it, I like how your thought of I'm suffering is I'm not there. So I know that you're really a fucking mess. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Do you need me to explain that any further? No, because I, I would do the same clear. thing. Okay. It makes sense. I'm just. I want to make sure you hear it. Um, so I did cut it open, but I haven't opened it. Oh, good. So I just wanted to make things okay, just easier. Just don't show your address for anybody's beautiful eyes. Also, I'm trying not to show my crotch because I'm only in underwear. So hang on. Oh, good. And you're holding that thing. What is that again? A foam square. It probably does nothing, but it makes me feel good. Okay. So it's like my security blanket on the podcast at this point. Well, I think that goes pretty hand in hand with what I've mailed you God. here. Okay. <laughs> did... I gift wrapped it. I forgot. <laughs> Why did I pay $5 to gift wrap it? It's, so it's about time you get a professional setup from C and L. Oh, I did sign it. Um, I have no memory of this. I think You're I was drunk. A... <laughs> you think? Hmm. I wasn't there and I have a hunch I know what the answer was. Okay. So what on earth did C and L get me? I bet everybody can already guess what it is. Is it, is it a foam square? Is it another foam square? No. Hang on. Why are you laughing so hard? Because it's funny. I crack myself. <gasps> it's a little plunger. <laughs> oh. Look, it's a plunger for your own plunger fort since you have to always hold your little squares up and down. <laughs> That's actually going to be so helpful. <laughs> I just saw your pain and suffering not having your own little plunger fort like we used to have. You know what? Thought. You're that's you you're onto something cuz I really could have this entire time used an actual plunger fort. And I think we have a plunger at the apartment, but I thought maybe I'll send you one that doesn't have toilet germs on it. <laughs> Please, thank you. Oh, I love him. He's so tiny. I feel like he's like not normal sized, which makes... That's so weird. I tried to find a normal length one, um, but okay, apparently not. But that one's cuter than the normal size. He's literally like a couple inches bigger than the mic. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, maybe you can pull an Emma Crusade and stack him on some loaves of bread and like textbooks. I'll use him as a drink, like a flask. (laughs) Really get weird with it. 
Oh, actually, okay, I do love this. Thank you, L, whoever you setup. are. Whoever mysterious L holiday, L's <laughs> own holiday. Congratulations. Uh, this is our new way of celebrating. That makes I'm gonna have to figure out how to include Lil P in this. Which <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna figure him out. Don't you worry. Oh, he's gonna sit right here. I'm never gonna let him leave the table. And Allison's gonna be like, get that <laughs> plunger off my me. fucking table. Allison already hates me for the things that I do to you. Oh, that's so nice. Okay, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Anyway, there's been a lot on my mind this week, so one. You know what we should do at this point? Here's a random, had no context thought. Go for it. We should at this point have like our own, and that's why we drink awards like the Dundies. But we should have the golden plunger. Absolutely, we need to give out plungers as awards, and only we win them because we're the only people who work there. Us and Eva, or Eva wins. That's what I'm saying. All three of us, we could do like a secret stand, like pull hats and each of us awards the other with a random Aww, golden plunger. I love that idea. Okay, I'm on the case. Don't worry. Lil P and I are, P. are hot to trot. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, new and improved plunger for, uh, just wanted to bring things, you know, back to our roots. It makes me so happy. Thank you. I would like to be able to use this as an actual plunger for it, but it's this tall, so it <laughs> It's it not going to serve that purpose. I guess. <laughs> it is. It is. I'll spray paint it gold as the first, uh, the Beautiful. golden trophy or whatever. Um, anyway. Uh, I love you. Thank you. That's very I nice of you. I love you too. I miss you a lot. I can um, tell. I guess. This is what I do when I miss people. I behave really erratically on the internet. This is like a, I feel like this combined with the lemon card is me and Eva's retribution basically for the, the book that we sent you. Oh yeah. Em and Eva sent me this weird freaking book package and i opened it and it just was from amazon and again it was wrapped and it was like the princess and her celibate (laughs) prince i don't remember what it was called it was about being (laughs) celibate and i was like why are you mailing this crap to me it was so because eva and i are obsessed with the plaths and so one of the documentaries are the like very 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 fundamentalist christian purity culture documentaries sure shows that book and Eva was like, wouldn't it be funny if we sent that to Christine? And I was like, it's already in my cart. We're doing this. Oh, and my we just, God. we wanted you to be included. We want you to read Thanks. up, you know, just in case. Um, I Just in case. I have it in my, in my living room and my mom came over and didn't, that was the most painful part. She didn't even ask what it was, which is really <laughs> embarrassing. Because like if she had asked, I'd be like, oh, it's a joke. But then I realized she had looked at it and immediately dropped it and walked away. And I was like, that's so much worse because she's like scared to ask me what it is. And it's literally about being celibate. It's a really disturbing uh, children's book. It's really it's about it's about saving saving yourself for your whoever for your first prince, your prince or whatever. It's very odd. It's just like not our thing. And I knew Christine, Uh, but apparently we we contribute funds tons of money to uh, the cause by gift wrapping it and just like five bucks. It it was for the the sake of the joke. It was worth it, but uh, it was worth it for the joke. You're right. I did appreciate days later. Christine was like, "What the fuck did you send us?" And And you were probably like, "I don't remember." Like I do. Like at least it's you know it was that or a plunger. So I don't know. That's those are the only options here. I think I'd rather have the plunger, but I appreciate the book and I can't wait to read it to my grandchildren and someday you know what if you're gonna read them like strool pita or whatever you can read them this they're equally odd this might actually be more harmful (laughs) which i never thought i'd say that this might be more harmful than german children's tales but like it could be finally krampus has a a competitor (laughs) oh no anyway so i i so let let's dive in i suppose 
dive in, plunge in. Plunge in. Also, I'm going to light this candle in honor of the holiday we're celebrating. Oh, excellent. Happy birthday, Lemon. How sweet. How old are you? 87. How old are you? Not a day over 87. (laughs) Ah. I'm going to set this here in front of my geo shrine. So sweet. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant and cushions with easy assembly and disassembly. This is the perfect thing for your outdoor space. They also just launched a new standing desk, co-pilot with adjustable height, a durable scratch-resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever. I'm in the market for a new desk, um, so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark. And of course, there's Burroughs Legacy seating collections like the Nomad and Range, now available in new colors. And Em and I, that's like the only piece of furniture I think we actually share is our Burroughs sofa in the podcast department. Love that thing. And that's why we drink listeners can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash drink for 15% off. Burrow.com slash drink. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues, and Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay. So let's get into into these into my story. Let's plunge into let's it. Let's plunge into it. Uh, so Christine knows my story this time around, and yes. I I do want to. I'm going to be annoying with the PSAs or the warnings in advance, just because my goal here is to not offend anybody. But it is very topical. <laughs> I know that's shocking because <laughs> our goal usually is to offend everyone. Usually my goal is to be a raging dick. But this time <laughs> and around. And Em's really good at it. So it's going to be really hard for Em to, <laughs> to avoid. Well, I believe I, in you. This is a very topical, there's some topical content that a lot of people are affected by in one way or another. So I just wanted to warn everybody. 
Also, apologies in advance to your device's algorithms, because I'm going to be saying a lot of shit that's going to end up on your feeds. So I'm (laughs) so sorry. Um, So I'm going to give you like the next couple seconds to like turn off all of your like listening devices. Um, Unplugger. You know who uh, I'm talking about. (laughs) Unplugger. And I will also preface this with I would really like people. I know some people like to listen backwards or whatever it is. But if you need a refresher, I would suggest you go and listen to episode 175 before listening to this episode because my topic is QAnon. Dun, dun, dun! And episode 175 is Anonymous, which is where QAnon comes from. Oh, I'm so amped for this. So uh, I just wanted to say I know a lot of people, I know a lot of people, especially because I've been doing Tea Time Tuesdays. Um, For those of you who don't know, shout out. That's a perk for the Patreon. But on Tea Time Tuesdays, a lot of people share with me that they are dealing with losing somebody to QAnon, which is like... No way! So um, I am going to be respectful, and this is also a two-parter. I'm going to be respectful. I was going to be respectful anyway, but I'm going to try to be really sensitive to that. Well, this, I feel like, is more of a true crime angle you have to take. Yeah. You know, usually it's like victims you know it's more of my my wheelhouse so i feel like it's gonna be a big episode it's big it's definitely big for me in that it makes me really appreciate what you have to go through every week because i usually don't have to live with a little bit of fear in my heart um (laughs) i really i commend you for doing this because it's scary i probably don't have to live with fear in my heart i live with tons of fear (laughs) for many things but I appreciate the acknowledgement. Thank well, you. Um, everything I'm going to say, everything in this when I'm talking about specific people is alleged. It is sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also want to say that. Oh, and to, to go on to your thing really quick because I do feel like this is kind of stepping on your toes in a way because usually I would imagine that you would cover cults and I would cover oh, conspiracy theories. But this is kind of a bridge in between the two. Oh, yeah. Which... No, this definitely fits your your vibe, I think, for sure. So if I do talk about anything you plan on covering, stop me and we can... <laughs> you... Stop it. I'll That's give you my mine. notes. <laughs> but, uh... Oh, actually, can we stop that you give me your notes so that for the future <laughs> I have an extra bonus episode? Bingo. Um, no, no, because especially since you did Anonymous, I feel like this is such a like hand-in-hand Well, I wanted to also... You. I wanted to personally apologize in case this was one of your stories you wanted to cover, and I'm... No, no. I'm just excited to hear about it, honestly. Um, And then the last little warning I guess I'm going to do is that for all I know, I don't know... Hmm... There are a lot of different people that listen to this show. I would say most of them tend to follow our line of thinking, but I know that there are some people who have different opinions than us that happen to listen to our show. And I don't know, amongst everyone that listens, someone is probably affected, or maybe for all you know, there are some similarities that in your beliefs with QAnon, and that's not to attack you. One of the quote, worst parts of QAnon is that it's so gradual and subtle and it kind of feeds into things that people Mm. might believe. So if this is treading on territory that is personal to you, I'm not trying to attack you. I'm just trying to give as much information as possible. So if you are someone who even aligns with QAnon and you're a supporter, I might be saying things in this episode that are going to offend you. So if your thing is to just not listen to that, then I'm warning you now. Yep. So good to know. So should I leave? You should then? you should just hop off. Yeah. I'm gonna talk okay, me and Lil P got this, so 
<laughs> I'm being replaced by the by my own spawn. Okay, Lil P is not my spawn to be clear. Lil P is my spawn. Uh, yeah. One day, oh my gosh, one day he can hold lemon. We can just. Oh, that's cute. One day when you free him from his shackles, <laughs> his citrusy shackles. Okay, so uh, I wanted to cite a lot of my sort. I'm going to try to cite as many sources as I can, but um, there were so many. I mean, QAnon. I didn't know anything about it. I knew kind of like the more fringe parts of it because those are usually the most shocking and worth talking about. Sure. So I didn't really know a lot. So I am telling you about this as someone who didn't know about it like 48 hours ago and is trying to catch you up. So just letting everyone know. And I used pretty much every source that I could find on the first page of Google or the first page of YouTube. So that does include Wikipedia. I know a lot of people have issues with that, but this is such a wild story or such a wild belief system, at least to me, that Wikipedia was almost one of the only sources I could find where it was really well chronologically documented. So Well, I- nowadays Wikipedia has to like have, not has to, but typically has sources and footnotes and it's it not was just a- like... It was a really good source. It yeah. was a really good. And I also, feel like our generation has has always respected Wikipedia. Our parents, maybe not so much. Our not teachers, so much. maybe not so much. Yeah. So I always feel like whoever's listening, I have to like give a caveat. But the yeah. two that I really want to give a shout out to, the there was an article in the Atlantic by Adrian Lafrance La or Lafrance, and I just if you happen to be a listener, like this was the fucking best article. Like oh, really? you should get promoted for this article. It was so useful, especially with a topic that is just so tough to wrangle mm-hmm. in and like serve it well. You did such a great job. So there's an Atlantic article. It's apparently part of a whole series of conspiracy thinking in America. Whoa. So that was really good. And then the other one I want to give a shout out to is there's a podcast called QAnon Anonymous. And it's three guys who have been researching this, I think, from the very beginning. And it's super useful. One of the hosts specifically, his name is Travis View. And if I feel like he's been doing interviews everywhere trying to get information out there about QAnon. So Travis View or Adrian LaFrance, if you either of you listen to this, I hope I did you justice. So when I so when I talk about some of the more wild theories, I also want to say that these are not believed by every QAnon person. Mm -hmm. So all of this varies. So when I talk about QAnon, some people could really be at the very beginning stages of it and not actually think the more extremist things. Right. But I'm also going to talk about the extremist things. So. It all started. It all started October twenty eighth, two thousand seventeen. Okay, I'm just like I'm not even breathing. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, okay. So for those of you who are defying my request and not listening to the anonymous episode before this, um, (laughs) really quick, the anonymous started on Reddit in a four chan on a four chan thread or in a four on four chan in general, which is basically at the time that it was created was used by people who are uh, typically loners and kind of were trying to impress each other or compete with each other to post the most wild viral thing, Mm -hmm. which if you listen to anonymous, you can get a full scoop of that. But everyone on 4chan, unless you put a username, most people went by anonymous. And so QAnon, which I didn't even know, uh, the anon part is because this was an anonymous poster on 4chan. By the way, what do you know about it? Like virtue, I mean, just like the shit you see on Twitter. 
Okay, cool, okay, like cool. the very basics, but like honestly, probably less than than that. Okay, that's that's where I was though. So this is supposed to be kind of like a crash course for people. I also Sweet. know that there's a TikTok channel. I don't know the name, otherwise I would say it. But apparently, they're also doing like very quick, like 101 videos on QAnon too. So oh, go check them okay. out. Fun. <laughs> so uh, on 4chan, on this like this board where people could write whatever the fuck they wanted in October of 2017, there was one anonymous user who called himself Q clearance Patriot. Okay. And he posted in a thread on 4chan that was called calm before the storm, which I will discuss that in a second, but this is the very first post from Q, which now makes sense. Q anon. It was Q a member of anonymous. Sure. Or not a member of Anonymous. Anonymous, please don't fucking attack me. But <laughs> they they were an Anonymous poster. Sure. Um, so this is the post. And it's not supposed to totally make sense. Hillary Clinton will be arrested 7.45 a.m. and 8.30 EST on Monday, the morning of October 30th, 2017. And then there was another post right after that that said, HRC, Hillary Ryan Clinton. HRC extradition already in motion effective yesterday with several countries in case of cross-border run. Passport approved to be flagged effective 1030 at 1201 a.m. Expect massive riots organized in defiance and others fleeing the U.S. to occur. USMs will conduct the operation while while NG activated. Proof check locate an NG member and ask if activated for duty across major cities. So you're not supposed to totally get with them. National Guard? Sure. That's my guess. I don't know. Well, so it was supposed to, and I'm going to talk about, I did mention really quick, this is going to be a two-parter. And in the second part of this, uh, so next week's episode, I'm going to talk about exactly how this came to be and how QAnon spread. So I'm going to talk about, I'm going to, if I sound like I'm leaving things out, it's because I plan on talking about the next episode. But there was a lot of, uh, basically posts like this kept coming in where it was acting like someone was Intel. Mm -hmm. Basically, he was a non that called himself Q. He claimed that he was a high-level government insider, and he came from a top-level clearance given by the Department of Energy, and it was Q-level clearance. So that's why he calls himself Q. Uh-huh. So Q-level clearance gives this poster access to classified materials, and over time, the whole thing about Q posting on 4chan was that Q was going to be posting the, this classified info for people to figure out, but so Q wouldn't get in trouble, would post it in code. Uh-huh. And so this intel came in codes that a bunch of other anonymous people were trying to decipher. And so these cryptic messages, first of all, they were really cryptic. A lot of them were in weird abbreviations. A lot of them had like poor grammar. But then part of the thought is like that was on purpose and you're supposed to figure out all these clues. So the cryptic messages continued appearing on 4chan and people were solving them to understand insider knowledge. Mm -hmm. So the very beginning of this was super seductive because you were like in on this thing and trying to figure it out together and nobody else knew about it. And it was like a secret society situation. So it just, it was very alluring. Yeah. So the blanket summary is that insider knowledge is, the blanket summary is that this insider knowledge is the original of QAnon and the several theories and factions that now exist all kind of bled from this. Okay. And so basically if something does not fucking make sense to you, the best way I can describe it shorthand is like, it was probably some code that someone deciphered and decided that's what the message meant. Okay. Which definitely helps because I'll list some of the things that they think are real and 
the only explanation is they, in my opinion, misciphered a code. Um, So these coded intel posts that are super cryptic, they're called Q drops. So basically they're hints coming from Q. And they're not supposed to totally make sense, but these Q drops are also known as breadcrumbs because they're supposed to lead you to the truth. Mm-hmm. A lot of QAnon folks who follow these breadcrumbs call themselves bakers. Okay. Which, because they take the breadcrumbs to make bread, which is backwards to me because you need bread to make breadcrumbs. But... Yeah, I feel like a, like a Hansel and Gretel angle would have been, made more sense. <laughs> yeah. But I guess we can go with that. Sure. sure. Um, also, if you would like to see what Q drops look like for yourself or these breadcrumbs, um, you can go to QAnon.pub, P-U-B, and it's just like a compilation of, I don't know if it's all of the breadcrumbs or just some of the more wild ones, but it'll give you a taste of like how chaotic a lot of these look and why people think they must be mm-hmm. codes to decipher. So now should we go on an uh, incognito when we do this? Or is this like this is just a, like a common website that people? This use? is just a common website. Okay. okay. I, as far as I know, you don't have to do any weird backend stuff to have access to it. I looked it up okay. last night, and no one has come for me yet. So I guess we've looked up weirder fucking things <laughs> in our browsers. So I don't know why I'm even asking. No, it's a fair question. Fair question. So uh, it's just QAnon.pub. You don't even have to be in okay. 4chan or on Reddit or whatever. So these bakers, they all started banding together trying to analyze Q's messages. And then because they were trying to take it from 4chan and then spread awareness of it on their public platforms, these original bakers ended up becoming like many celebrities in the QAnon community. Mm. So there's a lot of famous QAnon people that have been awake from the start. Oh, great. (laughs) Okay, Um, that's not creepy. Yeah. And, and they're, I think they're pretty proud of, like, like they go to, like, there's Q cons, like, Q and on conventions and stuff. Have and they fun. speak there. They've written books. They've done mini series to, like, which is, I mean, we, I'm trying to not get into, like, how damaging the internet has allowed this to get. But a lot of them have also made mini series on their YouTube channels of, like, the basically QAnon 101 to kind of like feed you the the nice softball uh-huh. information so it doesn't sound that bad and then sure and then it over time gets a little, a little worse and worse so um a lot of these crumbs and messages have become slogans and phrases over time in the QAnon community and i said earlier in that very first message that happened in 2017 that they were claiming in three days hillary clinton's going to be arrested and it didn't fucking happen right But they kept posting anyway, which this becomes kind of a pattern where they're posting things, making predictions. The predictions aren't happening, but they still keep posting with hope that it will eventually. But some of the phrases that have been getting popular in the QAnon community are very cryptic. And they're ones that people have tried to decode. And some of the phrases are find the reflection inside the castle. And then also like QAnon in the middle of his posts have sa- has said, I've said too much, follow the money, and some things must remain classified to the very end. And- <laughs> I've said too much. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> it's like, okay. Three, five, <laughs> QX, hashtag, I've said too much. Oh no. <laughs> I spilled my bread crumbs all over the floor. Um, and then a pretty popular one with Q is that he will finish things by saying, enjoy the show. Oh, that's Um, so fucking creepy. Okay. So another thing that I'm going to talk about in the next episode, but I'll kind of mention now is that there are a lot of one of the reasons people think this has cult tendencies is because there's a lot of initial um, falling for like biblical 
enjoy the show is very apocalyptic and a lot of the things that mm. get spoken about in QAnon have some really religious backgrounds or at least interesting so a lot of people kind of fall for it as easily pretty easy if they're already familiar with the bible because it's something they know and it's easy to latch it like speaks onto. to them yes. on some level yeah got it got it um so other things in case you happen to look through these q drops just so you know the word castle means the white house crumbs again means clues uh, one that a lot of people have put on like posters and signs and when they're at rallies and stuff is wwg1 wga which stands for where we go one we go all and that's like their Ugh. that's their like unifying <laughs> slogan it's got really goose cam. yeah it's wild another one is the q clock which apparently a lot of people it's like a calendar that q supporters use to try to decipher codes i'm not too sure on that one Q plus means Trump. Red pilling means uh, when you're joining the movement and you're finally seeing the truth, which is very like the Matrix. Yes, Um, it is. Also, it's the color for Republicans. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Um, Or like MAGA at the time, the MAGA hat. Sure, sure. And uh, Panda, I don't know what that means because in one of the Vice documentaries I watched, they wouldn't even mention it because it was apparently so sick and awful. But Panda is like a bad word um oh okay and then the other thing is cbts which means calm before the storm which was the thread that this all started in right um right so i'm sorry for like throwing all that at you but it's just if you want to try to start getting educated in this and try to learn what this is about then that's what some of the words mean okay so basically all of the messages that q has for people ultimately have something to do with the fact that if you want to be a patriot, you need to be paying attention and ignore the media and the press and what they're saying. And here's where it starts getting kind of wild. Um, some of the other now famed captions are, you are the news now. Nothing can stop what is coming. Trust the plan. <sighs> and then also very apocalyptic is, when the world as we know it comes to an end, everyone's a spectator. Oh my god, this so is scary. It just it's kind of just like if you're decoding all this stuff and you're finding out, you think you're coming up with like wild things, it really explained for me why a lot of really extreme versions of QAnon people seem to be so against listening to logic because their backup, it's so easy to deflect when your answer is, "Oh, well, I'm I'm supposed to ignore that. I'm supposed to ignore totally, that." Totally, like to that's that. just completely off the table. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like it's so so easy to isolate yourself when the sure. main rule is don't listen to what people are telling you. Fascinating. Um, yeah, and so he would always sign things as Q. Uh, there were certain times where he would even like post Bible verses about putting on the armor of God to fight against the devil. I mean, it, it's cool. It, so it got really wild. Yeah. Um. So now I, the the calm before the storm, which was the name of the threat. That was one of the very first things that implied that Trump was also behind this. Because what you'll see with a lot of QAnon people is that Trump is their savior, as what, mm-hmm. what a lot of the extremists will are so far to believe. So this the thread was called Calm Before the Storm. And that's because only a couple weeks before Q ever first posted on 4chan. So I guess this was the few weeks where the Calm Before the Storm thread was building itself. Trump did a photo op with a bunch of senior military leaders and he there's footage of him saying you know what this represents he was like with the military people and he was making a weird motion with his hand 
And he was saying, do you know what this represents? Maybe it's the calm before the storm. And the reporter was like, what's the storm? And Trump was like, could be the calm before the storm. We've got the world's great military people. I'll tell you that. And the reporter was like, what storm, Mr. President? And Trump said, you'll find out. Ew. And so it was like kind of, you really could just toss it up to the fact that personally nothing he's ever fucking said has made sense. But like... (laughs) But, like, anyone who's, like, listening and don't pay attention to the media, and if you're a real patriot, you'll follow the the thread here. People took that, and the hand motion he was doing looked also a lot like a cue. Like he was drawing a cue. Oh, okay. So this storm becomes a huge thread in in QAnon. Everyone's like, the storm is coming. The storm is coming. And this is where we get our first real kind of crazy I don't want to say the word crazy. Kind of odd. Noodles. Hmm. Bananas. A noodles thought. <laughs> yeah. And this, hap- this the storm is, I know I keep saying it's like the big popular one, but this is the one that kind of lures everyone in from the very beginning. This is, especially now, like when you're like, how are like random like soccer moms getting in on this? How is like sure. my grandma finding out about this? So the storm is an eminent event where eventually the storm is going to come and we are going to see that thousands of elites specifically the democratic party and hollywood stars they will be arrested and possibly even executed for their nefarious ways they'll be in prison at guantanamo bay and executed and their nefarious ways are that the democratic party and the media elite are part of a huge human trafficking ring right specifically children trafficking right and so this is how they get a lot of people because they start out really easy where it's just like don't you want to save kids from sure being trafficked and then i mean originally you're like of course i do like that makes so much fucking sense why wouldn't i want to be in on a group like that and we're like and i i mean another thing i'm going to talk about next week is that one of the wildest parts about QAnon is that they have found a way to combine all of these very like almost ancient at this point conspiracy theories. I mean, this is not the first time people have thought there was like a crazy, you know, trafficking ring in Hollywood or whatever it is. This, by the way, I want to say I am not comparing this to like the Me Too movement or like Hollywood actually having a real problem on their hands. Yeah. But there is a conspiracy theory that's been around for decades and generations that there's like this Hollywood sex ring. Mm -hmm. And so they're latching onto things that people have already kind of heard about. So it is familiar and it's easy to to swallow in terms of a conspiracy theory. But the big one is that. And often they were using hashtags to promote saving kids from this child trafficking ring. The hashtag was called Save the Children. Mm -hmm. And that was like the the main thing in their social media posts. Again, of course, you're going to think like, yeah, I want to save the kids. And... uh, (sighs) Okay, so that's how it starts. And then as you get more and more into QAnon, it goes from just you're aware of there being a human trafficking ring in Hollywood that the Democrats are a part of. It very gradually and again, kind of cult like because you don't see it coming. And one day you're an extremist believing the worst of the worst. And here is the worst of the worst. This is what a surprising amount of people believe Hollywood is stealing kids, especially newborns. Some say they're even breeding them like just to continually have a supply of newborns, keeping them underground in caves, (laughs) 
and elites are hosting occult human sacrifices with these babies. And then the these elites, they're what the Democrats in Hollywood, they are either possessed by demons or they have been lizard people all along and shed their human form. Oh my. So that they can either eat the babies or drink their blood um, in order to harvest what is called the adrenochrome, which is a psychedelic chemical that basically works as a fountain of youth. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> so, sure, 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 sure. So some of these elite, by the way, are Oprah Winfrey, Tom Hanks, Ellen DeGeneres, Pope Francis, the Dalai Lama. Chrissy Teigen. Chrissy Teigen. <laughs> maybe us. I don't Pope fucking know. Pope Francis. <laughs> He is a staple of Hollywood. <laughs> As someone who lived in Los Angeles, I can tell you, he is the top dog. He, uh, and then also the big ones are Hillary Clinton and the Obamas. Those are like the... Hi, sure. Also, course. George Bush is a big one. So Oh, interesting. Anyway. He's invited? I know. He's invited. Um, oh. I think because he's friends with Ellen DeGeneres. I'm not sure. Sure, but... you're right. They did go to a basketball game together. So yeah, I guess yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Anyway, so those are just some of the people. But apparently one number I saw was up to like 100,000 people are in this ring, are involved oh in this ring. Oh, my God. And the storm that's coming is that all of these people will finally be found out and arrested, taken to Guantanamo Bay, and executed. Um, after the storm will be the next big part of this. And by the way, like pay attention to the biblical references here of like uh-huh. the storm, like that's maybe like the flood or something yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. After the storm comes the great awakening. Oh, great. Um, Can't wait. Where people, and this is, again, where there's a tinge of cultiness. um, Just a tinge. Just a tinge. Where the great awakening is after they've been arrested, we will finally see that QAnon was right all along. People will want to follow Q and we will enter a utopia. That's how it always ends, isn't it? It always ends with a goddamn utopia. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's always a goddamn utopia, and yet everyone dies at the end. So, like, explain that to me. Um, So that's the main idea. Everything else after that, because there's a bunch of different random, completely have nothing to do with each other theories. But really, whatever faction you focus on or what theories you favor, that's kind of the factions you fall into. So that's why I say, I would say most people have some belief about this human trafficking sex ring Mm -hmm. in Hollywood, but they all branch off into their own sub factions after that. So not everyone believes in lizard people. Some people just believe in like they're that they drink adrenochromes or something. I I don't know. Sure. So, um, Oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm just overwhelmed. Is adrenochrome something they invented? Like, cause I've never heard of that before. Is that so a- my literal next bullet? Oh, <laughs> is, uh, they believe that children are being, so they think adrenochrome, what they, what they think it is, is that it is harvested in children and the younger, the better. And the only way you can access it or harvest it from these children is by torturing and killing them. Oh, my God. Because the only way to access adrenochrome is through, <gasps> quote, adrenalization. Oh, no, I don't like that. A.K.A. adrenaline spikes from fear or pain. What in the f- Okay. PSA, this is according to a Vice documentary that came out two weeks ago. Oh. Um, adrenochrome is a real chemical compound. It's used for blood clots sometimes. Not a lot, but sometimes. And it is not harvested by torturing children. <laughs> I would hope Just not. Just <laughs> so you know. Um, so the next big part of, I would say the second big part of QAnon is that in some way, 
Q is a savior in all this, or Trump is a savior in all of this. Q and Trump sometimes are the same person, sometimes they're not, depending on your belief system. The really fucked up part about this is that there is no crystal clear line of anything. Everyone believes different versions of, Mm. in my opinion, craziness. So they think that Trump is a savior. A lot of people follow Q, obviously, because he's giving them signs on how to save the world. I do want to also really quick um, say that they were using the hashtag save the children to in their social media posts to like recruit new QAnon people or kind of lure them in. I want to say that this hashtag was hijacked by QAnon people and Save the Children is a real organization mm-hmm. that has no affiliation with QAnon. Yeah, I was like, I actually know of that actual organization. So it could actually exist. Apparently, a lot of human trafficking organizations, QAnon has fucked with them because they are, they like genuinely want to help and like they don't want to be associated with uh, that's horrifying i mean because obviously child trafficking human trafficking is like a very very real yes modern day slavery issue and so to like yes just muddle it up like that is so horrific yeah and so they've been having a really hard time distancing themselves from QAnon while also trying to do their job but QAnon is out there preaching save the kids save the kids and it's like yeah save the kids but like but leave it to us. Like well, we're doing that. Yeah. yeah. And also like our social media team is fucked now because you took our hashtag. It got to a point where Save the Children had to be banned on a bunch of social media sites because only the wrong people were using it. Wow. And so then they were like, we can't even like tag ourselves and shit. Oh my god. So uh, anyway, I just wanted to say I'm going to do a shout out about a shout out about human trafficking. Yikes. At the <laughs> end. But I'm going to give you like some like actual organizations you can look at. Yeah. Yeah. But hashtag save the children just go to their actual page if you want to talk to them because you don't even know anymore what you can tag and what you can't yeah so a lot of people think that trump might be q or (laughs) trump okay so a lot of another thing i'm going to cover in next week's episode is who is q but one of the leading thoughts is that trump is at least on the q team because there's a thought that q is now being managed by a bunch of people with the same login and they're all (laughs) like are you using the password who's trying to log in should i approve (laughs) this login I, i i'm trying to get on my shift on q Oh but, my um, god! I, I got a so, new Android. Somebody approved my device. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of people think that Q could be a team. A lot of people think Q could be like a random person in their fucking basement. A lot of people think Q could be uh, just an individual like working for Trump. Some people think Trump either is Q or he's part of the team and he's posted a couple times, but not all the time. It could really be anyone. And when I say it could be fucking anyone, I mean that one of the bigger theories <laughs> this isn't funny is it you what is it i'm your, no. your face they a lot of people think and say this very casually there was a jim jeffries interview i watched where the guy said it with the most deadpan of faces was like oh well because q is jfk jr who is dead uh, okay. so, <laughs> i'm sorry i was it's like i think funny. i'm missing something no i'm not i'm not so jfk anything. jr is dead um or, is or he? He's alive and he's Q. Or he's Um, dead and he's Q because lizard people don't die. Or I don't know. I don't. I'm trying to follow the thread here. Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out 
a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. And that's why We Drink is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website all on your terms. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I don't know this for a fact, but it's my opinion that there is no easier way to build a website than Squarespace because of this drag-and-drop technology. It gets better every year, and it is just, you when you think it can't get any better and easier, it does. I've been using Squarespace <laughs> since 2017. Um, And in that time, they have just proven themselves to be the best and easiest way to make a website. So anytime I make a website for any reason, that's where I go. When you're ready to get started, you can use one of Squarespace's professional website templates with designs for every category, and then you can customize it. You can customize the look, add new content, add features to fit your unique needs. It's just a great spot to have a landing page for you, for your business, for whatever it is you're trying to market or showcase. Squarespace is the best platform to use, in my opinion. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So he basically JFK, basically, there's no basically. (laughs) Let me simplify it for you real quick. So this is, this is, uh, this is a thread that I'm pulling from where the main thing I'm trying to explain to you is that. Trump is seen as a savior by these people. So how, why do they think Trump is a savior? How is he involved in this sex human, sex trafficking ring? Because obviously JFK is alive and he has been in hiding this whole time since he quote died. Mm -hmm. And JFK and top military people have been looking at Trump since the nineties. And for some reason they thought that he would be the only one powerful enough to stop the human trafficking ring, maybe because of his ties to Hollywood or something like that, or he had a lot of money. I'm not sure. But so the theory here, which gets very Project Pegasi, yeah, Pegasusy, yeah, is that he was recruited back in the 90s, uh-huh. that JFK went to him with plans and said, this is what we want you to do. We're going to start training you and prepping you now to become president one day. Start golfing and now because you're going to need it. S- you're going to need to know, you're going to have to know exactly what you can land on every <laughs> golf course. Um, so basically JFK helped him with his presidential campaign and with the help of JFK and top military officials, Trump will end the sex ring. And so that is where he becomes a savior to all these people because they're like, he's going to end human trafficking. How can you not think he's a fucking oh savior? Oh my God. Okay. First of all, JFK is a Catholic and like, I'm sure they don't fucking love Catholics. <laughs> So now I'm very confused. I guess, is are they saying JFK turned on his people, Hollywood and Catholics, and is now against them? And that's why he's like a hero, I guess. 
I don't know what like the original reason for him going into hiding was, but another big failed prediction with QAnon was that July 4th, 20, July 4th, 2019, JFK was going to reveal himself as having never been dead and then he never should. How awkward. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, especially because people are believing this for real, like waiting for JFK to show up and you're like checking yeah. your Twitter feed and he just doesn't show. I mean. They're like, where is he? Come on. What on earth? They also... Uh, the next thing that happened after that, because one of the things that I will get into that's very culty is that you're, you're making predictions that are failing. And instead of that disillusioning you, you're finding reasons to defend it. And you're making excuses for why mm -hmm. these predictions aren't coming true. When he didn't show up July 4th, 2019, they said, oh, well, because they changed, they changed the plan and he's actually going to come out in 2020 and he's <laughs> going to run as Trump's like right hand man <laughs> in his imagine? presidential campaign. And so, okay. <laughs> and so, uh, mm -hmm. a lot of people thought, well, right before the election, at least JFK is coming. He's coming. He's coming, obviously. Oh and then he didn't show again. Color me shocked. <laughs> also, there's there's a whole other faction because remember, even though they're all QAnon, they all have different sub beliefs. Right. A whole other group of people think Hillary Clinton killed JFK Jr. So oh, sure, they can't even agree with each other in some ways. But anyway. When asked about QAnon, just to, like, get back to Trump himself, he has been asked about QAnon many times, and he's never been able to give a firm fucking response. Color me shocked again. <laughs> um, he has said, well, I don't, this is a quote, well, I don't know much about the movement, but I understand they like me very much, which I appreciate. It's pretty much his very fine people. Uh -huh, yeah, yeah. You're, you're very loved. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh -huh. said, I've heard it's gaining in popularity. These people who don't like seeing what's happening in places like Portland, Chicago, and New York. I, I heard these people just love our country. That's what I heard. Yeah. Uh-huh. He also, this guy who knows nothing about nothing, he also mm. has regularly reported about QAnon content. And mm -hmm. according to a company called Media Matters that has been tracking QAnon this whole time, says that as of last August, which God fucking knows what the number is now, but as of last August, he, quote, amplified QAnon messaging at least 216 times by retweeting or mentioning almost 130 QAnon affiliated accounts, sometimes multiple times a day. Oh, so my God. Even if he let's pretend there's a world where he doesn't know what he's doing or he doesn't know what's going on. He's still amplifying their voices and perpetuating it uh -huh. and making people feel special. And they're like, the president isn't on this. The president isn't saying that this doesn't like exist. Like the leader of so the like, free world is propagating this exact information. Yes. yes. Like directly. So I'll, just just spreading fake news ironically <laughs> um and one also in one campaign uh at an event they asked if he would denounce the group and he just said well QAnon opposes pedophilia <laughs> so okay. that, that, that was his answer another time an interview yeah well hitler was a watercolor painter that doesn't mean anything <laughs> like cool another time in an interview uh the interviewer themselves was explaining what QAnon is and they were saying QAnon is a satanic cult and they or they think QAnon QAnon thinks that there's a satanic cult being ran by like hollywood elites and it sure. is not true it is not true and trump said quote no i don't know that and neither do you know that <laughs> what so like of course if you believe this shit like he's only making it worse he, and so, right he's very much feeding into it yeah 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 that being said many people like i said think trump is their savior and many think he is much smarter than he lets on because he hasn't given away any information but he's not denying anything this is a quote that's one of the wildest theories so far he, that he's smarter than here's he a quote on. here's a quote this is from the jim jeffries interview that i saw where he had a panel of QAnon people show up this was a quote from one of them 
Donald Trump is one of the most intelligent men probably in our lifetime, like top five. Uh, that hurt here, me a little bit. Here are some of the reasons why. And also like- Oh good, there's I, reasons. Let me sit back. Hang on. I want, I mean, I as a Gemini get it because like I desperately want to fit like little pegs in the wrong holes a lot just to fill my own belief system. So I, I get where people are trying to go with this, like in terms of like forcing a reality. But, and by the way, Gemini's and QAnon are not the same. Yeah, I was like, but, I'm not l- jumping into your fucking pool here, Em. You could be whatever Gemini you want. I'm just saying I can relate. Anyone can relate with like, if you anyone, desperately. Yeah. If it's you a very human thing to do. If you want something to work, you're going to look for the coincidences. Very easy, especially with the internet to, to fit anything into your belief system. So here are some ways people have fit into their belief system. And Trump is fucking intelligent, knows all about the human trafficking <laughs> ring that he's saving, by the way. He's, he's taking them all out. So everything he has done apparently has a meaning to it. So basically the Hollywood elite and the media and all the people you're supposed to ignore think that he is being really stupid or he doesn't know what he's doing. But all of it is either an act or it's a strategy to let QAnon and the people who are awake know what's going on. So when he drank from a Fiji water bottle, apparently because (laughs) I know because Fiji is one of the most human trafficked areas. For, okay, it's also one of the most drunk water bottles and stupid by rich people. So this is okay. what I'm saying, though, because if you desperately wanted like a lemon present, you'd be like, well, there, I'm in a yellow room. So it makes yeah, sense. True. Like, it's, that's what I'm saying about like the weird There's a slice connection. of lemon in that Fiji water bottle. Now exactly. You're talking. Yeah, exactly. So uh, another time, another thing that's pretty common is when he misspells things in tweets like Kofefe or whatever. <laughs> He's giving you clues, stupid. How don't oh, you know that? I'm such an idiot. Uh, it, for one, in one example, one tweet, he capitalized a bunch of random words, which like, I would just think it's autocorrect. Grandpa but, does that. Yeah. Every yeah. grandpa does that. Apparently the capitalized words, if you follow numerology, they make up the number 17, which is Q, the 17th letter in the alphabet. <sighs> okay. Another thing is a lot of people do kind of like the, the free Britney thing of like asking for a clue and then uh-huh. seeing it later. Yeah. So people have said, Trump, can you say, this is like through Q on 4chan, Trump, can you say tippy top in, in a speech? And the next speech he did was during an Easter, during the Easter speech where he said, quote, we keep it in tippy and tip top shape. We call it sometimes tippy top shape. And so, like, that one's weird. I'm sure there's, like, a, a an argument against it, but it was weird. And I it guess if I believed in QAnon, that would be, like, it's just the feeding directly smoking gun. Right. Um, so another time he also wore a yellow tie, which apparently means coronavirus isn't real. Because oh, well, I could have told you that, yeah. Because the tie is the same color as a certain maritime flag that means <laughs> health. I... What? So, I mean, like, they're, when I say they're shoving, they're, yeah. they're coming up with a code. And then because they're supposed to go against what everyone's saying, it's the perfect formula to always hype yourself up that you're right. So even if the code totally. could be wrong, ignore the press, ignore the media, ignore government officials, you are awake and they're not seeing the truth. And so if you're trying to come up with these random codes and fit reality in wherever you can, yep, it's yep. so easy. Yeah, especially if you're saying, oh, everything he does is on purpose. And so it's like, mm-hmm. he misspelled something. He he's No, he's doing that on purpose. Like, there's no... The second argue- you... You can't argue against that. Well, I didn't put this in my notes, but this, that uh, Atlantic article, 
the the writer went and talked to a bunch of QAnon people and even said something like, well, do you have evidence of this? And they were like, do you have evidence that it's not true? Right. And it's like, right. okay, well, I guess I'm fucking stumped. But like, exactly. It's the second that you decide something broad enough, like Trump does everything on purpose, then you're going to try to find that narrative wherever you can. You win every time. Like, yeah. there's no arguing against it. So I'm just going to tell you a list because I originally I was very overwhelmed with QAnon for many reasons, obviously, but I was <laughs> overwhelmed because I wanted to like there's like stories about like lizard people and shit and all this. And I was like, I want to find the origins to all this. I want this to be really well encapsulated and understood where all these come from. But then I remembered that this is borderline cult behavior and not everything has a logical beginning. Right. So I was right. like, the best thing for my mental sanity is to just in one clump explain kind of the different Maybe not the factions, but a, a smattering of what all the beliefs are amongst. Sure. And I'm sure I'm missing a lot of them, but these are just the ones that I could find on like a Google search. So imagine what you could really find if you're diving deep. Yes. Here we go. A smattering of beliefs from QAnon. By M. Schultz. <laughs> by me. A PowerPoint presentation to my fifth grade class uh, by M. Schultz. A power- if I had a laser pointer right now, things would be so much easier. <laughs> uh, COVID- Let's just start with a big one. COVID is a hoax. Duh. Uh, Bill Gates created COVID. Sure. China created COVID. Uh-huh. COVID is biowarfare meant to target only pedophiles. Which, like, oh. by the way, that means if you got COVID, you're a pedophile. Also, like, isn't it kind of bananas? Because, like, according to my understanding of things the people not wearing masks are most likely to get covid and they're also most likely to believe in QAnon. so like and also wouldn't covid be a good thing if it was meant to target like doesn't that mean it's from your side doesn't that mean you want people to you are you want to create it you want it to like pull out from behind the 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 curtain who all the pedophiles are but then if all of your family is getting covid Then maybe aren't you met, pedophiles? It went, maybe it went wrong. Somewhere. Maybe it, it went wrong somewhere, many ways. Well, um, that's for sure. Or maybe they're just two completely different factions. Who fucking knows? True, true, true. But one of them is that if you have COVID, apparently you're a pedophile. Mm-hmm. Anti-vax people, have that's a big following in QAnon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the vaccines have trackers in them. Specifically, Bill Gates donated $100 million to the World Health Organization to, so they would help him insert the trackers into the vaccines. Um, a lot of flat earthers are in QAnon. Mm. Trump is our savior. A lot of the classic conspiracy theories that 9-11 and all the mass shootings were inside jobs. Great. Robert Mueller's looking into Russian interference was actually a cover so he could look into the pedophile ring, which confuses a lot of people because you would think in different times him and Trump would be against each other, but that was a cover up. So you wouldn't even really know anything was going on. Also, MKUltra is real. Uh, here's a very, very, very common one that surprisingly a lot of people believe in and also was wildly transphobic, but they think Michelle Obama is a man. Oh my God. Um, apparently the government created AIDS. Apparently Black Lives Matter is just to distract us from the media sex ring. Um, (laughs) like if you look, if you look at this thing over here, you're ignoring the thing we're trying to protect ourselves from. You know what it makes me think? I oh sorry. I just moved to Kentucky, as many of you know, 
Uh-huh. And I have a Black Lives Matter sticker on my car. And every time I drive down to bring Gia to daycare, it makes me just wonder now, like, who is looking at that and going, I know what that really is about. Yeah, exactly. Like, she knows the truth about that. It's like, I, that would never have even crossed my mind. And now that you're saying it, it's like, oh, my God, people believe that. After researching this for like 24 hours of my life, I, not that I started believing this stuff, but it it was almost like a slippery slope and that I could understand the quick, gradual... I definitely didn't fucking believe any of this, but like in terms of like, oh, Black Lives Matter is just to distract from a media sex ring. It's very easy to think of it in terms of like a sleight of hand of like, oh, here's something we don't want you to look at. Like look a smoke at this screen. Yeah, 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 exactly. So like I, I can see how easily it is for people to fall into these rabbit holes if you are just at home clicking around. Oh, sure. And if you're desperate for some sort of thing to cling to. Oh, we're going to cover all that next episode. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, so also that cancer has been cured, but they the government doesn't want us to know I the cure. I love that one. Yeah, because of great. big pharma. Sure. Um, also... There is an industrial bleach called Miracle Mineral Solution, which is a miracle cure for COVID, which I thought didn't exist, huh? Um, also, well, Trump did say inject yourself with bleach, so yep. I guess it does go hand in hand. There you go. Uh, anti-malaria drugs apparently cure COVID-19, which is not true. Mm-mm, don't do it. Um, <laughs> please, we are telling you, begging you. Also, 5G Wi-Fi towers interfere with the body's natural chemistry and therefore transmit COVID through the fucking waves of the sky. Um, uh, Wayfair, this is a fun one. I love this one. (laughs) Wayfair is involved in human trafficking also, and you can tell because they leave clues for Q to find out about this by naming expensive furniture after, after the missing people that they have kidnapped and then charging a wild price for the furniture, and that money goes straight to, like, the buyer of the human trafficking. Do you thing. remember when this went on our Facebook page? This sure one went, vir- like, mini viral on our Facebook page. Yep. And people were reporting it, and I had to go in there and be like, y'all, we're not getting involved in this, <laughs> this because this We are not no getting involved good- in QAnon. <laughs> QAnon is not welcome in this uh, in this little Patreon safe space that also, we started. That was all over TikTok. I remember that one. Well, people that, got really so into it. We're going to talk about the Wayfair thing specifically next week because a lot of QAnon stuff started on Facebook, but to gain traction with youth, uh-huh. it all went to TikTok and Wayfair. Gotta get the youth involved. Wayfair got like 80 million views or something because of this. Like, and then they had to put out a release. Anyway, so, uh, so apparently Wayfair had a whole scandal and also like i'm confused by that because why would the company involved in the sex ring want to post clues, clues about it to people exactly so they'll it. figure it out like that would be a fun thing on criminal minds but that doesn't make sense yeah. in real life yeah. exactly uh and so uh what else what else what else oh yeah what else? of course <laughs> uh <laughs> just throw it at the wall something's gonna ha- okay aliens reptilian people and interdimensional demons are real oh Okay, can confirm That's good to know on at for least our show. aliens and demons. I'm behind. I got that. Sure. That one we are maybe part. I'm part pretty of our sure belief like system. that would be the way QAnon got to us when they were like oh, aliens, aliens and demons. And I'd be like, yeah, I know about that. Well, duh, right? <laughs> uh, okay, so aliens, reptilian people, and interdimensional demons are real. The sex ring arrests with all of Hollywood's elite has already begun, and that's why if you're looking hard enough. All of Hollywood and their pictures and videos, all of their ankles are always covered because they have ankle monitors so that they can start <laughs> gradually imprisoning people. But it's it's so subtle you wouldn't even notice. But people are slowly what? getting okay. ankle monitors attached to them. Also, a fun one, the Queen of England is a shapeshifter. <laughs> and 
a whole group of people witnessed her change form and we're not talking about it. And uh, my personal favorite is that the government was behind the creation of Monsters, Inc. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Hold on. That I was not. <coughs> that was, was not that was a new that. one for me. That was a new one for me. If so they, they were think good, that- brava, because that is one of my favorite movies <laughs> of all time. Well, the point was for it to be such a great movie so everyone's eyes would be on it so people would wake up. And the best see. they could come up it's, with was Monsters, Inc.? Really? It's supposed to be an allegory for uh, the human sex trafficking ring because they, just just like Hollywood, baby, uh, <laughs> when all of these people, all these monsters are harvesting the adrenochrome or something uh-huh. of children that you wouldn't want them to steal, but they need it for their own company and their own global corporation. By scaring them. Okay, I got you. And so it was supposed to be monsters are harvesting children's screams uh-huh. or monsters harvesting their adrenochrome. So, just like the Pope. Just I get like it. the Pope. Don't you get Who it was, yet? I get it. Who was sitting in their basement like, oh my, like just like high watching Monsters, Inc.? Like, Oh my god! I got to post about this to my friends. They well, the I figured be- it out. The best part about this, and like the, by the best, I mean like the wildest part <laughs> the is that worst. remember that f- like four chan started as like a trolling place. Yes, so, like literally someone people in their basement pretending to be Nazis. Like what yes. are you talking about? <laughs> so people like were literally in their basement thinking like, oh, look at the similarities of this weird conspiracy theory and. I mean, it's just like those memes where it's like, make it make sense, or you can't right. explain. You know, it's like, oh, Monsters, Inc. and human sex, tra- sex trafficking. Try to find all the similarities. And then someone ran with it, and now real people believe it. So, Oh, my gosh. So how did this all really start historically? And this is the last big section I've got. But how did it all really start? Like, where the fuck did this come from? And I know in <laughs> 2000... Please tell me. I know in 2017 was, like, the first, like, mention of Q. But what really got this ticking? And the answer is Pizzagate. Uh, yeah, sure. So Pizzagate, for those of you who don't know, and I'm embarrassed to say it took me a long time to learn about it. I think I was overwhelmed. I, at first, literally during a Marvel Monday, someone was like, what do you think about Pizzagate? And I was like, I like pizza. No, it was during ours. Oh, no, was it? it was during our Instagram live because people kept saying, you guys have to cover Pizzagate. There's so much dark. And I kept going, I like pizza. And I was like, stop it, stop it. I fucking know. I had no fucking clue. And you know what? If someone from Q9 was watching that live, it would be me like approving. I love like, yeah. pizza, Wink. And I me going, pizza. shut it down. And they're like, oh my God, they're trying to reveal the clues. And I'm like drinking cocktails on Instagram. Yeah. So I remember anyway, that. I do like pizza, but I do not like pizza game. And this now is that not to be confused is. with Pizza Rat, which was a fun sensation that also occurred a few years ago. Okay. There's too much pizza happening here. <laughs> Impossible. I never thought I'd say that. To- <laughs> I never thought I'd say it. Um, okay. So the most common understanding of Pizzagate was that it was a viral conspiracy um, initially during 2016. Mm-hmm. I am going to talk about Pizzagate here. So I guess you get a two in one situation in terms of storytelling. But basically, Hillary Clinton's campaign manager, John Podesta's personal email account was hacked. And then the contents of that were published on WikiLeaks, which I also talked about in the anonymous episode. So please check that out. In the emails were coded messages, which like, and remember, this was before QAnon. So this is the first of coded Mm. messages that are showing themselves. But there was allegedly coded messages about politicians and elites, specifically Democrats, and restaurants that somehow all combined into a child sex ring. Sure. 
And so that this was kind of the predecessor of this sex trafficking theory that everyone on Reddit is trying to debunk. So one alleged restaurant happened to be the Comet Ping Pong Pizzeria in DC. And people went through, and by people, I mean people who were trying to troll this this company. They went through their social media, found pictures of like kids at the restaurant and ended up claiming that it was evidence of the sex ring that was happening at the restaurant. They even inserted their own pictures from locations that were not a part of the restaurant because the restaurant doesn't have a basement. And they were saying like, oh, the ring is held in oh their basement. Oh my gosh. Anyway, the pictures and this theory, again, like the Monsters, Inc. one, I assume, like people were just like, oh, here's this and this theory. Now make it make sense. And it went right. crazy on Reddit. And people even started finding out that these coded words and emails, if you looked at all the food related words, you could tie it into like codes about pedophiles or whatever. It's kind of, it's, but it, to me, it's like listening to a song and like trying to think of it and like, or like watching like a, like a conversation on TV and like you want it to sound a certain way and mm -hmm. you can like tell, make your brain think that. So totally. people were using it's like confirmation bias. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So people were thinking like, oh, pizza and pasta mean like little girls and little boys. What? And so like, <laughs> okay. So that's, okay. that's where Pizzagate basically came from, I think, right. because it had to do with one of the terminology. Also, one of the words in the emails was walnut sauce, which I don't even want to know what it meant to begin <laughs> Ew. with. But then that became one of the words that people now still use in QAnon because it has to do with Pizzagate. But anyway, the obviously the Reddit page got completely out of control. It even got banned and then people moved to another page and people involved at this pizza place were getting doxxed and harassed. Oh, um, just so everyone knows, this pizza place, Comet Ping Pong Pizzeria in DC, is not affiliated with a human sex trafficking ring. They were just real collateral damage. They were fucking victims of being very trolled. They really just trolled. want to make pizza for you. People were, I mean, the, the owner was saying, like, everyone was getting death threats. Like, all of his... Holy shit. All the people that worked there were, like, getting docks. The building got set on fire. Oh, my um, God. It even got to a point where there was a shooting. And so, eventually, Pizzagate, because it turned into this, like, wild spiral of conspiracies... It became less about Hillary Clinton and became more about the Hollywood sex trafficking ring. And Pizzagate got broadened into Pedogate. I see. So Pedogate and Pizzagate. Pedogate was the uh, successor, if you will. Yikes. The <laughs> successor, yeah. And uh, basically it was a satanic group of elites of a new world order. And they were involved in sex trafficking. So Pizzagate then resurged in 2020 and it stayed around all these years. But in 2020, during the election year, while everyone was inside during a pandemic and like had nothing to do and people were very quickly climbing into QAnon territory and everyone, including us, discovered TikTok, mm -hmm. it resurged with a whole new population of people who weren't involved with it before and so pizzagate that's why that's why one we of got, our lives, i get it yep 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 people started getting like really invested yep hashtag pizzagate reached over 80 million oh. people and that's why i didn't know what it was about because i wasn't on tiktok yet um <laughs> but i just saw it on twitter and i was like this is not something i would like to associate with but then you're right like our listeners were like you guys need to look into this and i remember being like i was like where the fuck did this come from i, I was, was like y'all maybe you should click on those links and read what's actually happening because I don't think any of us want to know what this is about. Well, a lot of QAnon people associated with like the Epstein situation. So like, I mean, right, it, right, right. And I think those things combined at that point, uh -huh. it was just like, obviously people were talking about it. Also, it got even further believed by QAnon people that Justin Bieber did an Instagram live stream. And then they asked like, touch your hat if you were a victim of the sex ring when you were a kid. And he like touched his beanie 
And people freaked out. Like, oh, oh my God. I'm telling you now, as someone who has done Instagram live yep. streams with a lot of people, you do not see every comment. No. And so there is a massive chance. Especially he just, if you're Justin Bieber. Like, I oh my God. see like 0.01% of your comments coming in. Yeah. So like a lot of people freaked out. Realistically, he probably just fucking touched his hat after someone posted yeah, something. Yeah, that's like blink. Blink if you're guilty of this. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently other people then went on to say that either he is the, he, he was a victim. Again, this is all alleged Justin Bieber. Please God, don't sue me. No. But he was an alleged victim of the ring. And then there was another like weird twist that he became a member of the ring and that like the song Yummy had to do. Oh, I remember that. Oh my God. I mean, for God's sake, like just leave him alone. Then there was another video that came out called Frazzle Drip, which apparently was like the worst of the worst videos of Hillary Clinton that got leaked in the emails. And it was her like wearing a child's face, like a mask or something. Ew. So QAnon, all of these things, even though they feel really dated now, QAnon has been perpetuating them underground. Like they're still being talked about. Right. And so anyway, Pizzagate is generally the beginning of Pedogate, which led to the sex ring craze, which then led to QAnon. Got it. And the basic understanding of how QAnon came to be, after enough influence, Q supporters began committing crimes in the name of Q because they were now inciting violence um, because they were so mad that this ring wasn't getting saved or Donald Trump. A lot of people, even though they think he's a savior, they think he like wasn't doing his job well enough and that they should start doing like vigilante work or like whatever it is. So um, some of those crimes were in 2018. Um, Matthew Wright took guns and drove an armored truck over the Hoover Dam and blocked the entrance and kept everyone basically held hostage on the Hoover Dam with a sign that said, release the OIG report, which apparently is a list of all the people on the ring, because a Q drop or a breadcrumb told him that Trump released a very edited version and he thought Trump wasn't doing his job of upholding the oath. Also in 2018, another a guy in California ha- apparently had tools to make a bomb and he planned to attack one of the capitals, like the Illinois capital or something. And he wanted to, quote, make Americans aware of Pizzagate and the New World Order who were dismantling society, end quote. Jesus. In 2019, this guy named Anthony Camello, he killed a mob boss named Frank Cali or Cali. Because a Q drop told him that he was protected by the president to do a citizen's arrest on this mob boss. Oh, boy. Because apparently the mob boss lived in the deep state. And for people who don't know, I forgot to say this earlier, the deep state is like the Hollywood elite dark underbelly of all this scandal. Um, So if you hear the deep state, they're talking about like their mortal enemy. Right. So Anthony Camillo thought he had permission and protection. That's protection to go find uh, Frank Cali. Found his house online, drove his truck into his truck, and then shot him ten times. Jesus! And during his court during his court appearance, he had drawn cues all over his hands. <gasps> oh God. In 2019, there was a fundraising event at a school. First of all, can you imagine being a mob boss and a literal child online found you and killed you? Like it was that's... a child. It was like a teenager or something. <gasps> he was, uh, I think he was like 20 something. He was like oh 20, early 20s. God. But like, I mean, he was a random guy on Reddit who thought, oh, I have to go kill this mob boss. And that's how the mob boss died. Jeez. Not that anyone should die a certain way, but the irony of like, it wasn't even someone like in a mob. It was just a random person on the computer. Right. It wasn't like the way a classic mob hit goes. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the godfather. No, um, not quite. Uh, but yeah, I mean, terrible that it happened at all. But I mean, it's just like, what are the fucking odds? So like you would think a mob boss would really have all the protection in the world. Um, 
And then, oh, in 2019, a school had a fundraiser, but the school was called the Grass Valley Charter School in California. And it had to be canceled because apparently there were tweets that basically the there was a, a trend going around called five jobs I've had. And all of the jobs that a former FBI agent posted, his job spelled out G-V-C-S-F, which was the school. Okay. So a lot of people <laughs> thought that that meant that there was like a planned attack at this school. Apparently the time he posted it also had something to do with 9-11. So people took that as a sign. So then, like, this random school has to shut down all their fundraising events because QAnon's coming after them. Also, multiple parents tried to kidnap their kids who they thought might be, like, in danger or trafficked in some way from their own other parents and were, like, taking them away from custody. And then in 2020, there was a girl named Jessica Prim who had knives and live streamed that she was going to take out Joe Biden. And when she was arrested, she screamed, have you heard about the kids? Hillary Clinton, this is a quote, have you heard about the kids? Hillary Clinton and her assistant Joe Biden and Tony Podesta need to be taken out in the name of Babylon. I can't be set free without them gone. Wake me up. And then she said, my God. And then she said to check out Q for clues. I'm like, this is Goose Camp Central. Also in 2020, the wildfires, apparently QAnon folks believed all these false rumors that Antifa activists were going to, Mm. were intentionally setting the fires in their area to loot evacuated homes. And therefore they refused to leave. But the the firemen were like, you you need to evacuate. Your house is on fucking fire. And they were like, no, I'm not going to, like Antifa is going to swarm my house. I'm going to defend my property. And so it ended up putting themselves in danger. Um, And it ended up perpetuating, it got worse and worse. I think, allegedly, according to like Wikipedia, Trump and Attorney General Bill Barr um, allegedly also perpetuated this and said that like Antifa was like coming in buses and stuff to like loot homes or something. So, and then also in 2020, something very recent, the coup. (laughs) Good times, good times. Good times. One of the... Uh, Q supporters was shot by police while storming the Capitol. Um, other people who stormed the building were seen wearing clothing with Q and signs and are wearing Q on their clothing and on signs. And they also had um, phrases on their clothing and signs mm-hmm. like follow the white rabbit and trust the plan. And because follow the right rabbit, white rabbit is like rabbit holing and getting further and further right. into QAnon's beliefs. Another Q supporter, and I keep saying Q supporter, I mean terrorist. Yeah. Um, another Q supporter uh, who got attention that day was Jake Angeli, Angeli, the the shaman, the stupid fucking horns and fur. LOL. Yeah, I will never get that image out of my head. Who, by the way, got transferred from one prison to another for because he wanted to eat organic food or something. Get out of here. That sounds very fucking L.A. Hollywood to me, my friend. <laughs> it sure does. Okay. So with uh, so many events of incited violence, the P- the FBI published a memo that QAnon is now classified as a domestic terror threat. But it because of fucking QAnon, their whole purpose of don't listen to the government, don't listen to the media, or everything's on purpose, and you're awake and look at the narrative. And we're the sheeple. Yeah. Yeah. They ended up seeing this memo where... People were like, oh, QAnon is a domestic terror threat. They read it as, oh, that doesn't really mean anything. But QAnon is now a publicly released memo. And now the press has to ask Trump about it, a.k.a. Trump will spread the word of QAnon to others. Oh my God. Again, sounds very culty of like, oh, this bad thing is happening to us, but we found a way to warp it into like, we're uh-huh. getting press. We're getting attention. Yep. So um, the last thing I have to say is from... 
DailyDot.com, these are just some of the other failed predictions that are pretty common. One is that the storm, the arrests, would take place on November 3rd, 2017. They said it again on uh, Joe Biden's inauguration. Neither of that happened. A major event would take place. A major event, okay, would take place on February 1st. The major event was that I ate a fucking sandwich. Um, (laughs) People targeted by the president would die on February 10th, 2018. There would be a car bombing in Long. Oh my God, today's February 10th. I I was like, uh oh. Oh, No, 2018, 2018. Okay, okay. Um, There would be a car bombing in London around February 16th, 2018. The Trump military police would never or the Trump military parade would never be forgotten. It was canceled. Um, <laughs> and also in May 2018, both a revelation about North Korea and a, quote, smoking gun video of Hillary Clinton would emerge. Neither of that happened. They also- couldn't even Photoshop that. Like, they didn't even, they didn't even try. It'd be too easy. Uh, they also think they also said that John McCain would resign from the Senate. Mark Zuckerberg would be forced to resign Facebook and Jack Dorsey would be forced to resign from Twitter. They also said Pope Francis would be arrested on felony charges and Trump would be <laughs> reinaugurated January 20th, 2021, despite losing the election. Um, in the words of Trevor Noah, all of these predictions not coming true hasn't changed the move it hasn't changed the movement and quote that is the classic sign of cult behavior amen so next week we will talk about one how QAnon has spread through politics and social media two the difference between a cult and a conspiracy theory and three who exactly is q and until then the real human trafficking resources you can look at are freedomunited.org human trafficking center alliance to end slavery and trafficking and the national human trafficking hotline which is 1-888-373-7888 that's the best Whew. powerpoint i ever watched. thank you it was literally fucking, i'm like waiting for my homework it was literally so long i i didn't know how else to do it no this so. feels like a, like a college course that everybody wants to sign up for and you're like on a wait list you know i'm like waiting for my next oh, seminar you. i worked i'm not gonna tell you what time i went to bed last night but i was i wanted i really wanted to make sure that like i wasn't throwing anybody i wanted to do it justice yeah, because yeah, like yeah. a lot of people that listen to our show are also suffering Affected with this in by some it, way yeah. so yep, yep. so yeah there you go well it's big and it's current and it's dangerous and it's far-reaching. Far-reaching, so I think yes. you did a, a great job, honestly. I don't know how I would have been able to pull that off, so good job. It was a lot of sweat, and I, I ordered, like, literally eight drinks from Starbucks yesterday, and I just made <laughs> I them work. I was like, every hour I'm going to chug something I new. talked to you at, like, 8-something p.m. my time, and you were like, sorry, I have to grab the Starbucks from the door. And I was like, what are you doing over there? <laughs> I was I, like, why are you getting Starbucks? It's, like, 6 o'clock at night. I drank so much tea yesterday just to stay awake <laughs> to get all this done. Anyway. There you go. Damn, that was great, Em. Really. Thank you. I'm amazed. And I I only knew vague snippets, and I was always kind of embarrassed at how little I knew me too. about this story. I, a so. lot of people wanted me to cover this or well, and or Pizzagate at one point. And I was like, I'm not even going to touch it because I don't know how to begin. It's a lot. So there you have it. Wow. Great job. Thank you. Well, fun fact for you, I have a cult story as well. Oh my gosh, this is so topical about my topical topic. Oh my gosh, wait a minute. Oh my god. I mean, mine goes back to the 80s, so it's a little scary that yours is so much more current and this is more of just like a look back in history. But I guess, I bet you there's going to be some uh, parallels here. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay. So 
This is a story I've also wanted to cover since 2018. It was, there was a documentary, a docu-series, I guess, released on Netflix in 2018 called Wild Wild Country. Oh, I've heard about that. I have not watched it. It was very good. I watched most of it back then. And then I remember feeling so overwhelmed by this topic because it was just such a big story and like went all over the place that here I am in 2021, finally actually committing to it. But I finally finished the docuseries. It's a great show. Um, It is about- And this is about, this is about wild, oh, Wild Wild Country was about this? Yes. So Wild Wild Country is a docuseries about the Rajneesh movement, which is a cult that I will be covering today. So a lot of the info is from that docuseries. And a lot of the info in the docuseries is not in the notes because it's such an extensive documentary. Highly recommend even I bonded over it a long time ago. And now <laughs> oh, I think maybe that's how I know about it. Perhaps. Yeah, it was it was really big in 2018. Um, I re- and it's been a while. I remember I'm- it being all over like Netflix or something, right? It was all yes, over the goddamn it place. Was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was a big deal. And it's kind of amazing because I, again, I'm kind of embarrassed. I never heard about this. I didn't know it ex- you're just gonna hear this and go, wait, what? It's it's one of those things where you're like shocked you never wow. you missed this. Like this just wasn't on the radar. So this is the story of the Rajneesh movement. Okay. Now, here we go. Uh, here we go. The main character of our story is Bhagwan Shri Rajneesh. And it starts with this lovely man. <laughs> I have a hunch he is not very lovely. <laughs> His name is Bhagwan. Okay. Sometimes known as Osho, which historically, uh, at least in, in Japanese, it's an honorary title, meaning the blessed one, often translated to the blessed one on whom the sky showers flowers. Ooh. So that's a fun little uh, fun fact for you. Sorry, I'm cha- updating the my seat. My butt has been in the same position for a long time. Oh, no, go okay. for it. It deserves okay. a new resting spot. It did. It was like, okay, (laughs) it was like gravity's taking its fucking toll. It's time to shift things around. I've perched your anxiety for so, so many hours now. All right, I'm ready. So he was born December 11th, 1931 and raised in a small village in central India. He completed his BA in philosophy in 1955 and earned an MA in philosophy in 57 and began teaching as a professor. And then he started traveling and outside of academic institutions started teaching and eventually gained a large following for his belief system and the teachings he was, his philosophical teachings. He lectured mostly on capitalism, science, technological advances. He was critical of institutional religions, socialism, and popular figures such as Mahatma Gandhi. And over time, as often starts with cults, he attracted quite a few wealthy supporters who ended up being his patrons and basically supporting this new movement he was creating. Got it. So one of his first quote-unquote disciples was a woman named Lakshmi Thakarsi Karua, and she bid at the first opportunity to become his secretary. So over time, he ended up basically having all these people kind of infatuated with him bowing down to him doing his every bidding um and so one of these people was lakshmi and she herself had powerful ties to politicians political parties and helped him raise enough money to give up traveling in order to settle in mumbai where they could create like a real like an ashram a, a place for a religious retreat where people could come and follow his teachings rather than him traveling around the world it was like a central spot uh for him to to you know, propagate his his do teachings. his thing, do his do thing, his, do his thing. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Yeah. This is why you're my TA, uh, or I'm your TA. I think. <laughs> Can you imagine if I was the teacher and I was like, "Yes, yeah, so we found this land to do his 
Bang. I'd be like, hold on, let me write that down. How do you spell that? Okay. How many A's? A silent X if you ask Xenon. But. Uh, so eventually uh, his team purchased two large houses uh, on six acres of land. This became his ashram, place of religious retreat. Um, it was sort of like an oasis. And this was built in Pune, India. And it was there that he started to preach his beliefs, which was a mixture juxtaposing experimental avant-garde Western therapies, such as primal gestalt and encounter with classic Eastern meditations like Kundalini yoga and Zazen. So, you know, I mean, we get it. So far, it sounds kind of swanky. Yeah, it sounds like our podcast kind of like same ideas. It sounds like what we deserve after the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, just like a little meditation, a little Zen. Yeah. A nice little gestalt psychology. A little gestalt mixed in. Yeah, sprinkle yeah. it on top. The whole is greater than the sum of its parts. I'm feeling it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Always, always, always. So this is kind of what he started, and it it took off pretty quickly. So there's this guy named Josh Baron who ran a support organization in Berkeley, California, called Sorting It Out. And this organization was for people who had left spiritual groups and needed like guidance and assistance in leaving like a for example like a intense religion or cult or something like that so he described the practice uh, of bhagwan to be quite fluent in various altered states of consciousness much more than other cult leaders i know of his techniques included chanting meditation sufi dancing staring into lights for extended periods of time and powerful music all of which induced altered states of mind what went on at his ashram in pune was literally a smorgasbord of altered states of mind okay so that'll get you. I mean, that'll get you. It sounds like a lot of it is also like some form of like a delirium or like, 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 yeah, it's like altering your without even without drugs. It's like yeah, altering it, your consciousness. Maybe I was going to say originally it was like sleep deprivation, but that doesn't really sound like it. what it was. It, the the looking into lights with loud music. Mm. Of course, that's going to fuck up your. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like that's there are two things that your senses are. Your senses are an overload, so of course you're... You're overwhelmed, exactly, yeah. like you're over overstimulating yourself. Yeah, so, okay, um, so far it sounds... Uh, if if someone if I stopped by this place and they were trying to pitch it to me, I would be wary. I'd think that was like an experts class, and I and like <laughs> yeah. I wasn't ready for that yet. But so yeah, far, I, yeah. I haven't left the building. I'm just gonna sign up for like a beginner's like a like a stretch. You You're know? in the doorway with a pamphlet, kind yeah. of like with your a, a phone, your hand on your phone, like texting your friends, like here's where I am in case things go south. But I'm still gonna mm-hmm. stay a little bit longer. I heard that yeah. they had like free, you know little muffins or something so i was there they do give out beer well you're not into that they also have uh sex orgies you're not into that either i don't know em this might be more my this thing. sounds more like um, uh like you would be texting me about it and i'd be like yeah i'd be like um t- talk me out of it and you'd be like no girl do your thing <laughs> I mean, do your like, thing okay. do your thing Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's where it all began so you can understand how people got kind of into this right away um yes it was also during that time, 70s. I was going to say, this feels like kind mm-hmm. of uh, like prime psychedelic. Primo. Everyone was really into like the free love, yeah. like the whole thing, finding like a new way of living. So far, it totally releasing the past. Totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. Yes. It's pretty on brand for what we expect from that time period cult wise. So a clinical social worker in Berkeley named Hilly Zeitlin also described Bhagwan to be one of the best hypnotists I have ever encountered. Quote, the way he uses language, his tone of voice, the way he sequences ideas, all all are essentially hypnotic. 
So I'm going to read you a lecture or not. I'm going to not read you an entire lecture. I'm going to read you like <laughs> a sentence from a lecture uh, to give you an idea of how he kind of spoke to his followers. Okay. So at one point in Wild Wild Country, Bhagwan lectures, one of the most interesting words in the English language today is the word fuck. It is a magical word. Sure is. It can be. It sure. Uh, so <gasps> far. Emma Wait a minute. Board. Christine. What? Okay. So I think I know what you're about to say like the whole little spiel here because uh-huh. this was like a common like this was in a bunch of like i don't know if you knew this this was in like a bunch of weird like gag gifts at like not maybe adult stores but like quirky tchotchke stores i remember like many things in my house my mom fucking loved anytime she could collect like a uh, a piece of paper or like they had like greeting cards or whatever, where it had the spiel of like how wonderful the word fuck is because you can use it in every part of the sentence. What are you talking about? What was this like irreverent like picture books or something? I remember it. No, it was like, you know how like little like trinket stores where you could get like oh, a, yeah. like keychains and stuff there. I remember growing up and there, my mom obviously didn't try to well, hide cuss words from me as a child, but I remember there being like multiple trinkets growing up that like had this as a quote written down and like, of like, fuck is such a great word because you can use it as a verb. You can use it as a noun. You could use it as a blah, blah, blah. So this is definitely not new then. This is like, Linda's like, been there, done that, man. I Maybe she was part of this fucking cult. Uh-oh. Okay, hang actually, on. hang on a second. Wait a minute. Because they probably uh, sold keychains that is what I'm going to say. checks out. Okay. She had it on a, on a koozie, I think. Like a oh drink koozie. <laughs> anyway, please read the quote because it's going to bring me back to my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to read it to you. One of the most interesting words in the English language... This is the longest keychain of history, by the way. It sure one of, is. <laughs> one of the most interesting words in the English language today is the word fuck. It is a magical word. It can be used as a verb, both transitive, John fucked Mary, and intransitive, Mary was fucked by John. Yep. The disciples laugh and the guru continues, ignorance, fucked if I know, fraud, I got fucked at the used car lot. So this is just an idea of how people in the 70s were like, oh, I get it. It's free thinking. We can say the F word. You know, it's uh-huh. all very open minded. Um, sorry, Blaze keeps calling me. He says there's a blizzard coming. What? Where do you live? I, I know. There's like another dry patch for a year or so coming our way. Um, uh, it's like crazy. I'm looking out the window and he's like, you need to leave and get Geo. And I'm like, I'll be fine. Oh, my God. And he says, you won't be able to leave. Uh-oh. He's freaking me out. Okay, I'm just going to keep reading. Oh, my God. Until he tells me evidence that... Do you need to... to do you, we can always do this later, too, if you want. I don't know what to do. He's freaking me out. I'm going to be... I don't know. It's just snow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he's so freaked out. Oh, God. Biggest winter storm in years. Batter Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> winter storm to slam Cincinnati overnight. Do you need to go get Geo? Snow. No, it's fine. Are you sure? It's only 3.30. We can just put on elevator music and come back to another day. <laughs> For three hours. <laughs> um, no, it's fine. I, I'm going to keep going. If if it gets to that. If it's the point of no return, you'll let me know and then try to do something about it. And then I'll end up in a ditch and you'll have to bail me out. Okay. I'll have to what? Helicopter? I'll chopper my way to Cincinnati? <laughs> I guess so. Put out the call on Twitter. I don't know. Have someone rescue me. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, let me know. I don't. I don't mind if you have to. I appreciate. I was like, why is Blaze calling? It's fine. All right. Um, so. Uh, anyway, we were on how much my mother loves the word fuck. Yes. The key change she had uh, for you growing up. So 
The Rajnishis, uh, over time, as I kind of hinted at, became known as a sex cult because Bhagwan would encourage his followers to seek sex as a form of liberation in what they called therapy sessions, which Yikes. is where things become a little troubling, as you can probably imagine. I sure have imagined it already, yes. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So one ex-disciple named Rosalind Smith, who went through six months of therapy at Rajneesh's ashram in Pune from 1980 to 1981, says that coercive psychological pressure was applied in the ashram, especially on women, to enforce participation in sexually promiscuous behavior and in the ashram's notorious group sex orgies. Oof. Uh, and her quote, which is disturbing, is the lingo at the ashram was say yes and say yes to life. Good One, night. I know. It's like. Oh, it really. By crawling. the way, in that metaphor where where I am in terms of the building, I am on the highway now. <laughs> I am. It's not a gone. metaphor. You're literally in the snowbank on the highway. I'm actually on the other side of the country. To get you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, so she said, one guy made an approach to me and I wasn't the least bit interested, but I felt guilty for refusing him because I felt I wasn't saying yes to life. Sex orgies were castigated by group, uh, sorry, women who refused to participate in sex orgies were castigated by group leaders for being selfish, frigid, and rejecting. Oh, uh, so good. Bye. Super. Yes. And it another... escalated very quickly into a cult, by the way. It, like... it did. Uh, it <laughs> did. And I, I'm skipping forward a bit just because the banana stuff happens once it's been established as uh -huh. a cult, sort of. Got it. Got it. But yes, it did quickly become like a free sex kind of idea where people were flocking to it for that reason and became problematic pretty quickly. So the whole group of Rajneeshis, as they were called, wore red. And that was another, I mean, that's a very classic, like, cult thing where everybody dresses the yeah. same and it kind of equalizes everyone on the you're same You're not plane. your own individual yes. anymore. Everyone's together. Yeah, you're yes. one of many. Exactly. And so they all wore red. <gasps> like Gestalt psychology. Aha, one of many. Okay, I get it. Look at oh you. Oh my goodness. Okay. Are you okay. driving back? Look at do me you turn do a Yui on the highway and come back? I thought about it. I saw the exit sign and I went, no, nah, I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> and I was like, Em, come on, come back. You're like, no. I almost stopped for gas and I was like, I'd rather just die on just, the side of the highway. No, but not even worth it. Whatever. <laughs> Not even for snacks. Yep. Uh, so Bhagwan had a huge following. In fact, by the late 70s, Rajneesh's community thrived and received, on average, 30,000 visitors a year, uh, with many of those wow. coming from abroad, mainly Europe and North America. And until 1981, the ashram was the Rajneeshi home to his spiritual teaching, his lecturing, and these therapy sessions. Mm. However, Bhagwan began to run into some problems with the Indian government. So Lakshmi, his secretary slash like devotee disciple, was sent out to scout for a new ashram somewhere. Mm. And okay. while she was sent out on her mission, um, okay, well, I'll tell you first why India was pissed. So what happened was the Indian government gradually caught wind of Rajneesh's fandom and was like, we got to put a stop to this community. That's like America to us. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody, stop it Please before God. it gets out of hand. The boozers and shakers, they're out of control. <laughs> all their, all their, uh, we don't even have anything as, as <laughs> All their lemons, as, all their lemons. Yeah, I'm like, we don't even have anything as dramatic as free sex movement. We're just kind of like <laughs> hanging out and drinking at home, but still yeah. a force that can't be stopped. <laughs> um, so the government cracked down on Rajneesh with allegations of drug use, tax fraud, physical harm to the to his followers and visitors. And also the ashram was growing at an unsustainable rate. So Bhagwan knew he had to do something and get out of there before things got out of hand and he was stopped by the government or things got out of control 
as far as like being unsustainable. So Lakshmi was out looking for a new ashram as she had been sent to do. But while she was out, she got replaced by another female disciple. Oh my God. Very scandalous because she just was sent on a mission. And when she came back, she'd been replaced. So kind of (laughs) fucked up. Um, Sorry, that's not funny. It's a little funny. So the woman who replaced her was named Ma Anand Sheila. And Sheila becomes one of the main, if not the main character in this story, aside from Bhagwan. So... It was because of Sheila that they found a new location. So they were moving from Mumbai to, you guessed it, Oregon, USA. I sure did. You know what? Tip of my tongue. (laughs) It's pretty obvious. I know. Uh, Where else would you go, right? (laughs) So this is where in the TV show I'm watching, or the docuseries, and I was like, Oregon? Uh Uh-huh. Because if it's in a different country, you're like, oh, I get why I haven't heard of this. But then when it's suddenly like... Like in the United home, States, home you're like, turf. You're like home turf. Wait a minute, hang on. Like, you know, you've heard of Jonestown. Obviously, that was very dramatic. But like, I can't believe I've never heard of this story. So, in any case, Sheila's like, I found a new spot for the ashram. It's in Oregon. Okay. So they acquire sixty-four thousand acres of land. Which, um, fun fact, was the ranch. It's called the Big Muddy Ranch, where John Wayne and Catherine Hepburn had once filmed the movie Rooster Cogburn. One of my favorites. Not really. I've never seen it, but Rooster I'm sure it's great. That's my after hours name. That yeah, that's like in your robe with your. That cigar. sounds like my Edgar Allan Poe name, like Rooster Cogburn. Like one of those when we put our Mexican wrestler names online, <laughs> like it comes out with. I was going to say random. too, like for like people like obsessed with like Bridgerton right now, it sounds like one of oh, those yes. like like basically the Gossip Girl name, like. I'm for sure obsessed with Bridgerton, just FYI, in case anyone's with me on that. Doesn't it sound like Rooster Cogburn would be married into some one of those family members? It absolutely does, creating some sort of scandal. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, So they they renamed uh, the Big Muddy Ranch to Rancho Rajneesh. Okay. And the followers of the followers of Bhagwan labored around the clock to construct a huge meditation hall and open air mall with restaurants, clothing boutiques, which only sold red clothing mm. and a shop that sold hundreds of books and videotapes by and about only Rajneesh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, you're thinking, I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> ever, think- but so far, I'm thinking whatever comes next, I'm going to just gonna <laughs> ride that ride. You're like, what could possibly go wrong? Yes. So, you know, what I'm wondering, which is answered pretty quickly, is how on earth did they afford this? Well, you guessed it. It's a cult. So everybody who I was keep part guessing of it. it. I'm so lucky. <laughs> You're wow. so smart. I'm so full of brains. And <laughs> your brains are just leaking out your ears. That's how <laughs> smart you are. <laughs> your mother would be so proud. I know it. So everybody was forced to donate large quantities of money. According to Oregon Live, the ranch was bought for $5.75 million at the time, which today equates to $16.2 million. That's how much money these followers were were contributing as part of their Holy shit. being part of the greater whole, basically. Wow, um, what was that number again? $16.2 million today. $5.75 million back then in 81. Jesus. Okay. Wow. So people, these Rajneeshi followers began flocking to the area. They, a lot of them bought houses in the closest town, which was called Antelope, Oregon. Precious. also becomes a central player. Oh. Uh, yeah. Most, however, journeyed for another 19 miles up the mountain roads to the plateau where Rajneeshpuram, which was the name of the community, rested. Pretty bananas. So Bhagwan, meanwhile, had taken a full oath of silence. So he's the leader of this whole organization they called it a religion this religion 
But he had decided to take an oath of silence before even arriving in the U.S. And therefore, Sheila was in charge. Got it. So Sheila took charge, and this allowed Bhagwan to be as vague as he wanted by not saying anything. <laughs> and this allowed, Perfect. interestingly enough, like you were just talking about, allowed followers to project whatever they wanted to believe onto him by saying, like, oh, he wants, you know, whatever they wanted it to be, it kind of became because he I wasn't see. saying yes and he wasn't saying no. It's. Um, I mean, it sounds a lot like in the QAnon things of, like, if you're mm-hmm. not going to, uh, like, officially directly say that you are not for something or mm-hmm. f- or for something like how would anyone know if you're just going to retweet it and not say anything it's like well we're going to read into that you know exactly yeah. yeah so even though bhagwan was silent and was uh not saying a damn word he was living the dream he at this point owned 93 rolls royces Oh my god. Nowhere. This made him the single largest owner of Rolls Royces in the world. Now that's Hoboken style. Oh, that That is the boss. That is a fun fact. I, okay, I just reported about QAnon and that was, that one took my breath away. Capital F, capital F. The boss. (laughs) Fun fact. Owned the largest number of Rolls Royces in the world. His community of disciples and supporters showed their devotion to the great Osho by increasing his private collection to a total of 365 Rolls Royces, <sighs> one for every single day of the calendar year. What on earth? Yeah. Oh my Boozers and shakers, step it up. Yeah. I have an old hang, Ford. Come hang on. on a second. We, I, we, I just got a, a tweet by. Oh yes, you did. Oh, oh. I got a tweet from someone who said, "Like VM Schultz, when are you going to stop asking your fans to make you or buy you or or send you things?" And I was like, "Well, not today, Never. girl, because <laughs> now I need 365 DeLoreans from Back to the yes, Future Part Two. From I don't all understand. of you. I love oh, that my tweet." God. Uh, and then they responded and tagged me in a second tweet and said, by the way, you don't do any community service. I'm like, are you stalking me? How do you know that? Like, yeah, what and a strange thing to yell at me. The bio said something like, I want you to hate me or something. It's like, uh-huh, okay, yeah, it's well, working. okay, <laughs> great. Have I was a very day. taken aback by that. I was like, I don't do community. Where did this come from? It was like so random. I don't know. That- anyway, I'm in one of my 365 DeLoreans <laughs> but the, that the Boozers and Shakers Listen, have acquired No me. one tweeted at Bogwan to stop asking for cars. <laughs> and here I am in my Ford and getting yelled at. Uh, also, what did I ask for? I don't know. Tea? Probably a like creepy coat? A, I don't a know. creepy coat or like a, a, a crocheted blanket or something. I don't know. I feel like. I feel like people read into some of the stuff we Look, say. Look, if that's the cult that we have cultivated, <laughs> cultivated. great. Let's go. I'm in. I appreciate it. I appreciate uh, people wanting to drink London Fogs. That's obviously that's, our, our, our... That's become a the, big, big part of the our The drink cult. of choice. Yes. Sandwiches or the food of choice. Oh, yeah. I mean, I really am starting something. I think here. so. And the fact that we have one singular hater is proving that it's working. So... Once you've got a hater in the midst, it, that rings success even her, in my book. Her bio even said, I want you to hate me. And I'm like, well, if you're creating this persona, you're really just feeding into our god complex here. Um, like, okay. M in, M in their Subaru, me and my Ford, we're going to take over this mf <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take over this one horse town. Yeah, you and me, they'll all see. They'll all see. see. Watch out, Kentucky and your stupid snowstorm. <laughs> I'm coming through in my Ford. Okay. Anyway, here we go. So he had 365 Rolls Royces, and they were proud of this fact. So he would drive. Should his, be. I guess so. Uh, he, Fucking should be. He would drive his Rolls Royce down the road, a different one, every afternoon. 
And all of the followers, this like sounds fake. It, all of his followers would stand along the road dressed in red, wearing a locket with Bhagwan's face on Get it. Get out of here. I know. And they would bow and place roses on the guru's car. I mean, it is like something out I of mean, a movie. I mean, okay, this, first of all, if you've got the time and you've got the cars and you've got the people, why fucking not? But like, if you've got the people and the roses, go so for far it. it sounds like he has a swanky end of this deal. And also, it reminds me a lot of um, Sarah Winchester, with where she was like just because she fucking could and had nothing but time and money, she was just why not building different rooms every day. This guy's just driving a different car up and down the road every day just because we got nothing else going on. Just collecting the love. Sounds like know? the pandemic. Sounds like what it. rich people are doing during the pandemic. Of like, I've just just drive up the street with one got car. Money to spend. Drive yeah. down the street with another car. Got time to waste. <laughs> got love to collect. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so Rajneesh Puram, shockingly, was not going to thrive in this way because unfortunately the neighboring city of Antelope, which I told you about, was not thrilled about this sudden influx oh, of imagine. random people. This is rural Oregon. And this population of Antelope had 75 people <gasps> in the town oh, of Antelope. Oh, poor Antelope. I know. And these people are interviewed in the docuseries about their experience through this and it is just the wildest story to hear them tell it from their perspective so there are like thousand plus rajneeshis versus 75 antelope citizens so the locals were obviously nervous that the rajneeshis were moving in they were even talking about how they could hear them having sex all night long can you imagine being in a town that only echoes because nobody lives there and it's just all these people having orgies around you Orgies, and they were describing. They were like, "It was so uncomfortable." And this is like our property values going up. Uh, children, our children are like at risk here. They don't know what's going on. There's this headquarters of a free sex cult down the street, and it gets worse because. Well, this is an example of how things go wrong pretty much immediately. So the town of Antelope starts a petition to get rid of the menace that is the Rajneeshi, mm-hmm. um, and according to a New York Times article in 1982. The guru's followers took over the Antelope General Store and Cafe, named it Zorba the Buddha, and began serving only vegetarian meals. And then according to The Atlantic, in 1982, enough Rajneeshis voted in nearby Antelope, uh, in nearby Antelope's local elections to win a majority of its city Aww. council seats. Soon thereafter, the new council members changed the town's name from Antelope to Rajneesh, raised property taxes to extract money from the few remaining local residents, and passed other bizarre initiatives, including renaming the local recycling center the Adolf Hitler Recycling Center. Good night. That's, <laughs> that is... Um... I'm glad that of all the facts you could have picked, you picked that one. But also... It's so bananas, I'm saying. First of all, of all the things you could have fucking named that place. But, I mean, truly, like, (laughs) that poor town... So they must have intentionally set their sights on a town they could take over because there was in, in terms of numbers right well there was that huge plot of land the muddy ranch and it was just empty so they bought this like 5.7 right. million dollar tract of land and then the nearest town yeah was this tiny town that they were like yeah we can well, just dominate just them. them aside yeah, yeah exactly yeah, wow. very easy to take over i mean 75 people so <sighs> there was a lawsuit filed in 83 by the state of oregon to invalidate the city's incorporation but the, the these attempts were blocked the followers began to build an antelope take over build houses uh again change the name of the general store they changed the street names like they took down main street and put up like rajneesh boulevard oh or whatever God. like they took down everything so things got even wilder when the guru's personal secretary sheila uh 
love she loved to say provocative things to the media to piss people off. Like oh. she was the public enemy number one of basically everybody in the state of like she was the face of this of the Rajneeshi movement because Bhagwan was just like the silent guru in the background and she was up front going like buying property, like putting people down, taking over elections, and I will tell you she gets violent and looney tunes like it goes it goes even wilder than you can imagine so uh okay so she's definitely like the alpha oh for sure amongst yes and and she's interviewed in this documentary as well and she pretty much just tells her side of the story but still doesn't look very good like she definitely still stands up for what she was doing and and everyone kind of still stands by what they did which is a little bit questionable um so over time pamphlets began coming out and they would mix hunting humor with dehumanizing characterizations of the rajneeshis these pamphlets would come out in oregon oregonian gun clubs turkey shoots uh one of them declared an open season on the central eastern (gasps) rajneesh known locally as the red rats or red vermin (gasps) so this is becoming like high tension like racially fueled Uh it's becoming disastrous but the rajneeshis are like fuck you we don't care we're more powerful than you and sheila is like sure be mad try me i don't care she doesn't give a shit so tensions remain high uh the wasco county commission throughout this point there's nothing they can do which is the county that they were living in and then in june of 1983 there's uh this hotel called hotel rajneesh in portland and uh an islamist militant group named jamat ul fukra bombed this hotel and thankfully, nobody was killed in the bombing, but it put Rajneeshis on their guard. And Sheila kind of came out and said, after the bombing, it was clear if I didn't take measures to protect our community, no one else would do it. That's when we went out and bought weapons. Whoa. <laughs> so that's where things so, like, start to Sheila go got wild. rattled. She was Sheila, like, mm-hmm. she was like, it's time to really step up our... Uh our presence here wow yes exactly she was like you do not trifle one does not trifle with sheila with the shield you know with the shields and not get a get a little get a little we're gonna if you want their face if you want to tussle we can tussle oh i'll tussle you downtown with my gun if if you if you come yeah i'm your (laughs) son Yeah, that's what I said it, and I mean it. I, I, that's me, by the way, trying to pick a fight. I'm like, and that's you and I arguing. It's the worst. It's why we don't argue. It's just not worth it. It's so stupid. <laughs> we just end up laughing by the end. We're like, the what are you even saying? I, the whole time, I'm just like, I literally cannot get one fucking word in. Yeah. <laughs> so they went and bought semi-automatic weapons. Um, oh, it's, it's not funny anymore. Got it. No, okay. yeah, it becomes unfunny pretty fast. Um, they very intentionally create an image of imminent violence to Oregon uh, to native Oregonians, Mm. which became even more dramatic because the Oregonians in their gun clubs, turkey shoots are not loving that these so-called peace, peaceful people showed up and suddenly bought assault weapons, assault rifles. So sure. Uh, Meanwhile, the commune itself was embroiled in a range of legal disputes. For example, the Oregon attorney general maintained that the city was essentially an arm of a religious organization and was violating the principle of separation of church and state. So they were trying to like hold their own and they felt like they were being persecuted as a religion. Okay. So they're going through these fights with the state and the government already. 
And then finally, in the summer of 1984, the Rajneeshis decide that the only way to obtain the building permits they need was to take over Wasco County in November's election. Whoa, okay. Unfortunately, even though they had more people than Antelope, they only accounted for less than 10% of the county's population. Oh my gosh. God forbid. Wow. So they would need to unseat at least two of the three sitting commissioners and replace them with Rajneeshis. But don't worry, Sheila had a plan. (laughs) Excellent. I was worried about where we were going with this. I know. Well, you should be because she had a two-step plan. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Step one, build even more numbers in the community by launching an initiative called Share a Home, where Rajneeshis chartered dozens of buses and went to various cities around the United States and offered people experiencing homelessness the opportunity to come and join the Rajneeshis. Okay. They were promised a place to stay, free food, as well as a free beer every night. Okay. Initially, this was a wildly successful initiative, and more than 2,300 people were brought into the ranch. As soon as they got off the bus, they were forced to register to vote, because that was the whole point of bringing them there, was that they would up the numbers and vote sure. on behalf of the Rajneeshi. Yeah, yeah. However, it was soon discovered this wasn't as easy as Sheila had planned because a lot of the people who had moved in were suffering from severe mental illnesses and they did not have the capacity to treat oh. these people or to take care of them. Uh, the Oregonian called it an unruly mob that showed up and they were not equipped to handle all of these people. I mean, it's pretty upsetting when you watch the docuseries and the newscasters keep describing them as street people, which <gasps> is just the term that was used in the 80s, I guess. And okay, like literally you would say like, Ronald so-and-so, street person. Like, that was their oh, title. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's not even trying to Not be... even pretending. Okay. Yeah. Um, so all the news were like, the Rajneeshi bringing in street people to try and bolster their vote. But things were not as uh, smooth and peaceful as she had hoped. But she said, you know what? Don't worry. I got this. So what she would do is she would awake the new arrivals 5.30 every morning, blindfold them, and force them to listen to hours of religious chanting. And then when that wasn't really working, she started to spike their beer kegs with Haldol, which is a <gasps> prescription medication often used to treat severe schizophrenia. Um, so she was drugging them in order to subdue them. And this was, again, just in an attempt to get their vote to increase right. their numbers. Wow. So obviously state officials pretty quickly found out about this and the voter fraud scheme. Um, and the Secretary of State halted voter registration and invoked an emergency rule to prevent anyone from reg- registering to vote in the county. Um, everybody had to appear personally uh, to prove that they had satisfied Oregon's 20-day residency requirement to vote. So the Rajneeshi were overruled because they were like, this is voter fraud. You don't get to do this. Sure. No, <laughs> um, that totally makes sense. So it's kind of up in the air. Uh, they, a lot of them still argue that this was unconstitutional. I mean, you can argue this probably back and forth all day. Nothing like this, I don't think, has ever really happened before. So it was very new territory. It's easy to see both sides. Yes, I agree. Um, I agree. Yeah. I feel like I want to give a, an opinion, but I don't... It's hard to say. Yeah, you can definitely see both sides. And if things had been <laughs> maybe spun with a more positive... It's all Angle, about it the spinning been of it, to... really. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think since I know where this ends, I don't really want to give Got my it. vote of confidence. But so next up, there's, remember, two steps to this plan. So here's step oh, two. Oh, fuck. Okay. Don't you forget. Step two, Sheila decided to depress turnout among regular voters. So like native Oregonians, she wanted to depress the voter turnout by poisoning thousands of residents with salmonella. Excuse me? Oh my god. No how joke. first how how is 
How oh. does she plan to do that at oh. first? She planned and she did. Oh, no. I know. It's Sweet bananas. poor organ. Oh, no. It's really rough. So basically what they would do. So there's this, this town called the Dalles. And this was the largest population center in Wasco County. What she did was she chose the biological agent, Salmonella enterica typhimurium. Oh, so literally just a literal pure fucking salmonella. Salmonella. Like salmonella extract. Yes. Just like a little, a little dropper of it. She bought it from a medical center. Then they cultured it in labs, <gasps> secret labs within their commune. Oh my god! And then they spread it all over salad bars in ten local <gasps> restaurants. <laughs> Whoa! So also now I'm scared now that I realize how easy it would be yep. to, to poison yep, a it? whole town. Especially while we're in a pandemic, it's like wow, this has next level like meaning now. That's um, sinister. It's very sinister. Uh, mm. So by September 24th, 1984, more than 150 people were violently ill. By the end of September, 751 cases of acute gastroenteritis were documented. 45 people had to receive hospital treatment. Some were pregnant and ended up extremely ill in the hospital. And in a more aggressive measure, the group allegedly poisoned Wasco County Commissioner Bill Hulse by offering him contaminated water on a hot day. And he ended up being in the hospital for four days. Uh, I'm sure he chugged that shit. Yeah, right? Like, why wouldn't you? It's so diabolical, you know? But... We can be thankful that they didn't go with their alternate plan, their original plan, which, believe it or not, was even worse and more diabolical. So the original plan was to poison the local water supply or crash a plane loaded with bombs into the (gasps) county courthouse. Wow. (laughs) Just no fucking prisoners. Just. It's just like, oh, Oh nothing. It's too extreme, I guess. Wow. Um, So ultimately, they actually lost the election. And as soon as they lost the election, Sheila kicked all of the people that they had brought, all the people who had been experiencing homelessness that they basically dragged there with the promise of free beer, uh, kicked them all off the compound. She drugged them and then dropped them off on park benches. And if anybody saw what was going on, they would point assault rifles at them and say, like, (gasps) don't like step back. Why is this still shocking? I know. What is going on? It's so bad. It's so bad. So you can see this all progress. This is a six-part docuseries, so it's definitely like a longer storyline. But in Wild Wild Country, you can see this progress that Sheila pretty soon finds out Osho is having private conversations with his personal doctor. And it turns out Sheila had been spying with spy equipment on everything Osho was doing. And she was a very jealous person. No. I know. And she was the one who replaced that other woman, Lakshmi. And so clearly this is like a pattern. So she finds out that Osho is having private conversations. Now, there's this doctor. His name is George Meredith. Or once he joined the Rajneeshi, he became Swami Devaraj or Devaraj. Now, Dr. Meredith or Devaraj was married to a woman named Francoise Ruddy, who was the ex-wife of Albert Ruddy, who produced The Godfather in Hollywood. So she was this like big Hollywood woman. And she was the ex-wife of the Godfather producer who had, like, won an Oscar. And so she was very wealthy. And she was married to this doctor. And the two of them joined the Rajneeshi movement. So they had powerful connections to money, to Hollywood, to underground alligator sex rings. I was going to say. I was going to say. So obviously, they're part of the storm. You know, they are part of the the storm. The storm is coming. It's coming in hot because Sheila suddenly is finding out that Osho is having private meetings with these two and starts favoring these two wealthy Hollywood elites over Sheila herself, his private disciple secretary. And Sheila is pissed. 
And she finds out that Osho, Bhagwan, is having these conversations and he asks, she's listening to her spy equipment, and she hears him ask Dr. Meredith or Devraj about death. He asks him, how would one die in a, like, peaceful way? Like, how would you initiate death in a peaceful way? And Dr. Meredith or Devraj explains that you would, uh, you would inject somebody with morphine, then you would use a paralytic, and then you would stop their heart. So Sheila's listening to this. She's jealous. She's pissed. And she decides, I'm going to use that angle <gasps> and tell my followers, we need to save Osho from these two horrible Hollywood <gasps> leaves who are going to kill him. Oh, no. Because she's like, they're bringing in drugs. This is a drug-free zone. I mean, not really, since they're literally drugging people. I was going to say, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But she's like, they're bringing in drugs. They're promoting this idea of him dying. We need to save his life. Um, So she uses that angle to kind of rally her troops. And she says she needs to eliminate Devraj and eliminate him and his wife. So... After hearing this news, Sheila had meetings with her circle to plot the killing of the doctor in order to protect Bhagwan. And her own secretary, uh, Sheila's secretary, who is also one of the main characters in this docuseries, agrees to murder Devaraj on behalf of, to save Bhagwan. But really, there's a lot of other underlying issues here. But so what she does is she's given a syringe of adrenaline. And during, like, a big, joyous meeting of dancing and whatever, she leans in to tell the doctor something (gasps) and stabs him with this needle and basically, like, pieces out. Just... And he survives, so he does not die. However, later she does go to prison for 10 years for attempted murder. But he does survive. But according to the sh- to Sheila, because of the lengths she had gone through to murder this man and the fact that the scandal was going to come out, she was like, I need to leave this commune. Like, A, she's pissed that Bhagwan is, has, like, abandoned her right. and is, like, now with these two rich Hollywood folks. B, she just tried to murder someone. It didn't work. <laughs> and now it's going to come out that she, she tried to murder uh-oh, somebody. Oh, got to run. Got a yeah, blast. Yeah, she's in a corner. <laughs> got a blast. So she's like, I got to go. And her inner circle, who also helped try and murder this man, are like, well, we're going to come with you. So up and leaves. Doesn't say goodbye. Just pieces out. And this was apparently, like, the most heartbreaking thing. Like, to this day, when she talks about it in the docuseries, she's crying. And she's like, we were the same. Like, she, you can tell she was, like, in deep. Like, wow. disciple-wise. Like, this was her spiritual god, basically. And she had to leave him behind. So... This was a big deal that she left. So they mysteriously left for Europe and disappeared, didn't tell anyone where they were going. And then Bhagwan broke his silence (laughs) and came out against her and basically went on the fucking attack (gasps) because he was like, Sheila left us. She tried to murder somebody in the commune. And of course, everybody who's in this commune is like, wait, what? She tried to murder? Like... They're living in this fantasy that this is like peace and love and free. They're sex. finding out the hard way. They're like, hang on, where did murder? What? Yeah, what? exactly. Yeah. Like this is totally new. It was heartbreaking to all these people who had like given up their lives to be a part of this happy free love cult. Um, I'm sorry, religion. And uh, so September 1985, about a year after the Salmonella incident, Bogwan publicly shamed. Sorry, blamed Sheila and her team for the bioterror attack. He told, he admitted the Salmonella incident, said, Oh, yeah, we did that, but it was Sheila. Wow. Uh, he also brought against her alleged crimes, such as the attempted murder of the doctor, more poisonings of like local authority figures, like that guy that 
who was sent to the hospital, the water guy, the water guy yeah, um, <laughs> her spying. He warned his followers that she was always jealous of people close to him and that he had never had sex with her. And that's probably why she was upset. Uh, wow. He said she has proven that she is not a real woman, but a real bitch. So oh, it got like drama for central. someone who was silent for so long. He got real loud. He he had built up a lot of thoughts and words over that year, several years of silence. Yeah, not a real woman, but a real bitch. And everyone starts cheering. Like I mean, he's turning everybody against her. It's like here's the real cult. Let's yeah. all really go against her. Now we have a public enemy, basically. So with a war- so a warrant was granted to investigate more, and basically U.S. authorities discovered that in Sheila's bathroom there was a button you could press that would lock all the doors in the building. There was a false back panel in the closet in her hot tub room. Don't worry, it was in the hot tub room. Okay, wait, we really just went <laughs> right over, over that. Yes, that should have been topic number one earlier yes okay but also we should we should not be shocked because she had spy equipment earlier too yes and she had apparently they said it was like one of the biggest espionage cases the fbi had seen (gasps) like it was a massive and she had like high tech i mean these people had millions and millions of dollars like they were buying 365 rolls royces so she could afford like top-notch security stuff okay that's so fair yeah and uh you know this is the 80s so this was like next level so the panel in the hot tub room had a ladder that when they climbed down there, that's where they were brewing the salmonella culture in this secret lab oh. underneath her bathroom. I mean, it's like so bonkers. So they were said they were down there in the dark and one of the investigators backed up against a bookcase and it sprung open. <gasps> and they said it was like being in a Nancy Drew mystery. Like, I it was, was going to say, like- it sounds... It sounds like an Abbott and Costello movie oh, or something. Oh, for sure. Like, like, if that were my, wow. my parent in as an investigator, I'd be like, tell me again the story of how the bookcase <laughs> sprung open behind. I mean, it's, it's like fascinating. A, it's like being a cop in, like, a mad lab. Yes, like a- it's, it's, it's like you never expect this kind of thing to be real life, and here it is. Um, so they found numerous glass vials of salmonella. Um, the CDC later concluded that indeed the ones discovered in the salad bars in the Dalles were from Sheila and her confidants that they had brewed in her fucking basement. And so in 86, they hunted Sheila and her confidants down. She pleaded guilty to attempted murder, electronic espionage within the commune, immigration fraud, poisoning incidents. And she was regular, or sorry, widely recognized as the architect of this attack. So she was sentenced to 20 years in prison for her crimes to this day like at when she was interviewed in prison they said uh do you have any guilt about like making people sick and she's like people get sick every day and it's like oh that's my not word. the point that's like saying <laughs> oh uh covid is really bad well people die all the time it's like that doesn't make anything it's, okay like yeah she clearly hasn't argument. learned anything right that's what i'm hearing yes yes and she definitely hadn't at least in the interviews I watched, she didn't seem to have changed much of her mind. So as for Bhagwan, according to the ex-mayor of Rajneeshpuram, uh, who turned state's evidence, um, and he became a huge enemy of the group because he basically went against them and said, I have insider intel on the entire cult if you promise I won't go to jail. So he turned state's evidence. Uh, he was the, the former mayor of the cult. And uh, he was comparing, apparently... Bhagwan was comparing himself to Hitler toward the end of this uh, quote unquote religion, stating that Wait, Hitler. like actual Hitler or like the recycling plant? <laughs> no, no, I'm just talking about the recycling center. Come on. Oh my God. I didn't even think about that. 
apparently he's comparing himself to Hitler, saying that Hitler had been similarly misunderstood, like he was. Okay. Uh, when he sought to create a new man, like Bhagwan was trying to do. Uh-huh. So, not a good look. Um, half a month later, Rajneesh renounced his status as religious teacher Everything started to go downhill. The ashrams, citizens, and supporters burned 5,000 copies of the book of scriptures that they had. That was basically the book of Rajneeshism. So wow. Say that 10 times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the book of Rajneeshism, uh, which was like his scriptures, basically. They burned the signature red robes in a bonfire. Uh, hundreds of them deserted Rajneesh Puram for good. A lot of them were heartbroken because this was like their life. They raised their families here. They were like deeply invested in this cult. And all of a sudden, it was like the wool had been removed from their eyes and they were like wait people there's espionage and murder and like we didn't know we were part of all of this wow so it was really hard for a lot of people people were becoming like um what's the word uh disillusioned basically Mm. to like what was really going on so Bhagwan continued alleging that Sheila was entirely responsible for anything that went south even though he was also Hitler so okay uh I guess that's not really a fair argument Uh, but whatever right yeah Okay. <laughs> uh, and he was ultimately, this was a huge deal in this show, but ultimately he was deported from the United States oh. for, according to federal prosecutors, arranging a series of fake marriages between Indian nationals and his followers to gain them resident status. So that's basically what they caught him on. Okay. Is they were like, okay, well, we can prove that you're sending people off the compound to get fake married so that people can gain citizenship and then they're coming back to their real lives and real partners on the compound so once they were able to kind of prove that he pled guilty he was deported uh and after his deportation he was denied entry by 21 different countries um so that's how bad of a dude (laughs) people were like we don't want you in our oregon you are not well in our oregon antelope (laughs) don't you take our antelope valley get out of here precious antelope So 21 countries rejected him. He ultimately returned to Indiana. Indiana. Oh, my God. India. Uh, The other Oregon. You know. (laughs) The other Oregon. He returned to India where he was given like a God's welcome and people were cheering. And this is when he rebranded himself as Osho. And he basically just continued living his fucking guru lifestyle. Wow. Uh, He expanded his spiritual teachings. He devised a series of new meditation methods. He began to focus his discourses entirely on Zen. And then in 1990, ultimately, he passed away. His books had been translated into more than 60 languages. And to this day, the Osho International Meditation Resort continues to attract around 200,000 visitors a year. It's still like a huge deal, has a big following. Books are still sold on Amazon about his teachings. And essentially the entire city of Rajneeshpuram was, which was meant to be sort of a utopia, was dissolved. Um, The remaining valuables, including the 365 Rolls Royces, were all sold off in auction. Not the cars! Not the Rolls Royces! (laughs) Um, And after 39 months, Sheila was paroled. Uh, she now runs two residential homes for people with disabilities uh, near Basel in Switzerland, which is perched on a hill surrounded by a forest overlooking a small village of 900 people. And she has lived and worked there for more than 20 years, mostly just in peace. Um, it was kind of hilarious at the end of the interview. She she just kind of looked around and said, is that it? Oh. I thought this would never end. And then she said, we all need a drink. And she just like <laughs> stood up and walked out of the room. I was like, what a fucking ending. Wow. So there's... 
like I feel I know I rushed through that. It's probably because I'm watching a blizzard pile up outside. Oh my God. But uh it uh it there's a lot if you watch the docuseries everybody like there's so much i wish i could have put like one poisoning example there was this woman who said like later authorities asked me like were you ever poisoned and she's like and then i remember one day uh i was handed a coffee and i ended up in the hospital i I was uh like in a coma for several days and she didn't know why and it turns out that sheila had seen um this woman during one of the rolls royce parades Uh uh the car was covered in roses and Bogwan had said to her, like pointed at the roses. She said, do you want me to take one? And he said, take all of them. And she picked up all the roses. And I guess Sheila got jealous and literally fucking poisoned her coffee oh and put God. her in a coma for several days because of that incident. Oh my God. Um, so that just gives you an idea of like how dangerous this woman was. Wow. And how much danger she put people in. Uh, and now, which uh, even I've talked about, the the compound, interestingly enough, has become the home of the Young Life community, which oh. which now uh, is a an organization, also a religious organization that preaches abstinence. Uh-huh. So when they interview the folks of Antelope, they say like, "Listen." Well, we're still not thrilled there's this new group <laughs> next door. At least we're not hearing them have wild sex all night. At least so, it's the like, exact we'll take it. opposite. <laughs> exactly. So they're like, we'll take it compared. But it was kind of cool to see. Like, they had a party when the city was finally given back to them. They renamed Aww. it Antelope. They put up a statue. Like, they. it, it was really fascinating to see. Because, like, how have I never heard of this? This whole town was taken over. Yeah. And, I mean, you just... Never knew about this. Rural Oregon. Huh. Poor little antelope. But now these people are like, yeah, it was a weird time of our lives. Anyway. Weird. Yeah, they're like, huh, <laughs> that's funny. Funny history. Remember that, Bob? <laughs> Wild. Okay, wow. Anyway, that is the story of the Rajneeshi. I highly recommend the Netflix docuseries Wild Wild Country. It's a six-part series. Very fascinating. Interviews all the people involved. Just really, really next-level stuff that I couldn't even begin to cover it all. But. Oof. That's the case. Well done. Well done. Thank you. I uh, I, Same to you, man. I could have just listened to you talk all day about that. (laughs) That's why we got a podcast. (laughs) And I will. Catch you next week for even more. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, no, next week will be fun because it's it's a lot more information too, but it's crazy stuff. I mean, both of us covered some pretty wild stuff. So, Oh, yeah. People are bananas. Sure are. Well, uh, thank you everyone for listening to the chaos that was this week. (laughs) And uh, hopefully you're doing well. This when is Valentine's Day? It's coming up. Uh, Uh, It is Thursday the twelfth. It's on. It just happened when you listen to this. So I hope Valentine's Day. Everyone is with their loved one and enjoyed time with their loved one. And and if we're your loved ones, I'll take it. (laughs) Yes, exactly that that yes I w- oh this comes out on valentine's <gasps> happy valentine's day oh okay then yay it's it's us dj cupid back in the house um wah, wah. uh and uh yeah we also have our live show we should keep we keep forgetting to mention that oh, again. yeah we have our live show on the 26th uh so please buy tickets a virtual live show um Woo-hoo. and yeah i gotta go get geo out of the snow man it's getting bad out there us on patreon follow our social medias hww podcast we have a website and that's what we and uh that's it and Can't wait. That's why <laughs> we go get Geo from the blizzard and drink. And hopefully not end up in a ditch. Yes. I need you to helicopter me out of there, though, if I do. I'll put Eva on the case. I'm too tired. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll take it. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated.